Uh, the meeting of the Medfield Board of Selectmen for Tuesday, February 1st, 2022 is called to order. Uh, as always, this meeting is being video recorded. Uh, Medfield TV had some technical difficulties tonight, so we are broadcasting via OWL uh, and we'll record the uh, meeting and then provide it to Medfield TV so they can add it to their uh, YouTube and other online accounts for viewing and apologize um, the apology to the people who are hoping to watch this uh, live. If you're watching that tape, we're sorry, you weren't able to watch it live um, uh, via TV, but you can access it via the Zoom link in the meeting notice. I uh, will begin by taking a moment of appreciation for our troops serving around in defense of our country. Thank you. And a note, Pete, you got to mute. Right, because it's coming. That was coming. I'm unmuted. Were you asking me to mute? Well, I was getting feedback, but maybe it wasn't you. Your speak. It was probably the speaker that had to be muted. All right, we're good. Well, that wouldn't work, would it? We wouldn't hear. Well, let's see if it works now. So I'll note we're going to enter into an executive session at the conclusion of the regular meeting uh, for the purpose of discussing the purchase, exchange, lease, or value of real property, and also for the purposes of conducting strategy sessions in preparation for negotiations uh, with non-union personnel to wit the fire chief and the open session will not resume at the conclusion of the executive session. So our first item here is a request from Eversource to approve for the approval of the licenses for a pole and transformer for electric service at the new Medfield water treatment plant. Uh, one of the parties to the uh, license is uh, Verizon. In England, um, and as a result, I will recuse myself from this issue. Do we have someone to speak to this about this? Yeah, Mo should be attending. Christine, if you're on the call, you should be able Yes, this is Christine Crosby from Eversource. Hi, Christine. Hi. Good evening. Hey, Mom. Good evening. Hi, we have, um, yeah, Christine Crosby, uh, Crosby from Eversource, Eric uh, Kelly from Environmental Partners. Uh, if you have any questions on um, the, uh, the poll uh, request. So basically, we have the new water treatment plant down uh, behind the uh, Wheelock School. Um, it's going to um, with the new treatment plan, we need to have a new pole transformer for electrical capabilities for that building and to, to connect both wells three and four together. Uh, pretty straightforward, but uh, if you have any questions, Eric and Christine can, can answer these questions. Anything for you? Pete, you have any questions? <clears throat> we already have electricity at the two wells that are down there now. Why do we need a new pole? Oh, I cover that one, though. Yes, please. Uh, so there's currently electric service to both station. Those are independent service drops to each well three and well four respectively. The new water treatment plant is gonna become the source of power to the two wells. So we're gonna run primary service to the water treatment plant. So it needs a larger transformer and its own service drop. And then we're running underground power to both the wells. So eventually the existing overhead services to the two stations will get decommissioned. Um, and the, uh, they'll both be powered off the same standby generator at the water plant. Why do we run it underground down there? 
the service? Uh, we're just running underground between the treatment plant and the feeds to the wells. So it's the new electric service so that we uh, didn't have to be overground, overland. Um, Mo's had issues particularly, well, actually both the well stations in the last year uh, having service knocked out due to high wind events. So this will keep the wells functional and on the generator, the new generator. More reliable service underground is what you're saying, I guess, huh? Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, everything will be one main service to the, all the assets down at the well field as opposed to independent lines. Well, I have, Gus. Thank you. Uh, the only question I had uh, had to do with the diagram itself. I see one town well on the diagram that we got. Uh, it appeared that the pole, the pole you're moving, you're actually just moving a pole. Maybe you're putting a new pole in, but one pole goes away and then a pole that's got the same number is just slightly repositioned as I understand it on the diagram. Yeah. First question is, where is the treatment plan on this diagram? Um, I'm actually not familiar with where it is on this diagram. I, I don't know if uh, Eric would be able to. Um, not knowing which way the diagram is oriented. Um, the existing pole is at, I'll call it the um, incoming intersection where the road tees off to go to wells three and four and cross the tracks. The new pole is gonna be set across the driveway from it with the transformer adjacent to it. So essentially the treatment plant will be kind of uh, north, northeast of that location. Uh, I would take a, a stab at telling you where the, uh where it is because of the, where you can see the railroad track and the, and the road, that road is coming off of Route 27, crosses the railroad track and then goes out by the soccer fields. What it doesn't show here is the other road that goes down to the wells. Um, but it seems to me that the treatment plant's gonna be to the right of where it says town well. Uh, in this instance, town well on their diagram is the new treatment plant. Okay, all right. Okay, uh, so we're, we're going, from the new pole underground to the new transformer, that's the new um, uh, transformer shown with the uh, triangle symbology. And then it goes underground into the treatment plant building where the main electrical room will be. So the, the thing that's marked town well on the diagram is actually the treatment plant is what you're saying? Yes. Okay, the, the only reason I was asking for where the other town well was is because I thought that was the line that fed one of the wells. And so I was just curious where the other well was, but that's going to the treatment plant, I get it. Okay. Yep. Uh, I don't think I have any other questions. Anybody else have any questions? Pete, I guess you do the motion and I'll do the second. I would, I would move uh, to approve the License to Eversource for a pole and transformer for electric service at the new water treatment plant as shown in the materials that were circulated prior to the meeting. And I second that, uh, Mr. Peterson. Yes. Mr. Murphy, yes. We're all set. Hey, thanks everyone, have a good night. Thank you, thank you very much. Okay. Thank you very thank you. much. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for coming. All right. We will next welcome uh, Building Commissioner Gary Blotier to discuss plumbing permit and inspection fees.
Do you want to do the SCADA? I apologize. You can stay right there while Mo is here so that Mo doesn't have to stay all the way to item number eight. Um, can you bring Mo back? Yes, he's coming back. You can bring Mo back. I, I apologize. Okay. Um, this, this should be quick, Gary. Um, Mo needs his rest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, busy, a busy few days. I'll get you back, Mo. <laughs> you, Mo. Thank you. Thank you. I think the other item that you have on here is a request for us to vote to approve a contract with Woodard and Curran for SCADA upgrade services. You want to just describe that a little bit, please? Sure. So the SCADA upgrade um, is part of our capital projects uh, that was voted on uh, at town meeting last year. Um, basically, we're looking at uh, some upgrades to our water and sewer services for the SCADA. Basically, SCADA is, uh, as you know, that we, uh, we changed our SCADA system over to a new system. Uh, we're doing um, a lot of major upgrades to it uh, to make it more reliable. Uh, it's the supervisory control and data acquisition. That's what SCADA stands for. Basically, uh, for our critical facilities of water and, and, and sewer in town, um, we monitor those and get alarms for anything that uh, goes wrong with these facilities. Basically, it's all our pumping stations, our um, storage tanks, wastewater treatment plant, our sewer lift stations in town. And uh, again, this is part of our capital projects that we're looking to upgrade a lot of the equipment that goes along with the software and hardware that's already been installed. Okay, uh, Pete, any questions? Uh, no questions, thank you. <clears throat> yes, and I didn't have any questions. I, I, I read it and uh, I trusted that the technical scope was what you wanted, though. <laughs> yes. I don't have any questions. I don't have any questions as well. It's, it's remarkable how often skating comes up. <laughs> a recurring item uh, for us. All right. So, Dust, do you have a motion? Sure. I move that we uh, approve uh, the contract with Woodard and Curran. For SCADA upgrade services in the amount of three hundred thousand dollars, and is who's going to sign this? Is this you or no? no I think it's, it's all three, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, uh, I see. So yeah, the attachment must be main We have a second, Pete. I did second. Yes, twice. Okay, uh, Mr. Peterson. Yes. Kirby. Hi. And Mr. Peterson, will you confirm that you're participating in this meeting remotely? I am. Osler Peterson, 10 Copperwood Road, appearing remotely. Thank you for letting me do so. You're with us. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Mo. We'll get Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Thank you. Thanks, Mo. So Bye. He was actually participating in the meeting or merely that he was remote? It's a good question. It's philosophical. I think he has participated. He is participating. He has. Yes. So, what um, meeting do you want to have, Gus? <laughs> yeah. Whatever participation there will be will be remote. That is the name. Touche. <laughs> All right. Uh, now we will have uh, Building Commissioner Gary Pelletier to discuss plumbing permit and inspection cheese. Looks like, at least from what was in the materials, that these have not been updated for eight years. Is that correct? That's correct. So Jack Rose, our plumbing inspector, plumbing and gas inspector, and I met uh, towards uh, the tail end of last year. Um, to take a look at these these fees and one of the, the the primary reason for this our inspection fees 
for our inspectors that those have been handled through the budget process. Uh, they they increase just a bit every year, uh, but all of the the building inspectors, plumbing and gas, and electrical inspectors, with the exception of myself, are paid by inspection. So every time they go out to do a rough inspection or a final inspection, um, they get thirty three dollars and fifty two cents plus two dollars and fifty cents for mileage. So each inspection they're making thirty six oh two. Um, the reason for the update to our plumbing and gas fees, if you look at the, the one that was revised uh, last in 2014, uh, yeah, 2014. Um, if you look on the first line, residential uh, plumbing permit with one fixture uh, is $60 plus $5 for each additional fixture. So to give you a, an idea, if you did a, a remodel of your typical bathroom, new tub, new toilet, new, new lav, that permit fee would be $70. Um, that would require a rough and a final inspection. So we'd be paying our inspector 7204 when we're only taking in $70 in permit fees and that's how we compensate our inspectors. So um, we also took a look at uh, permit fees for plumbing and gas uh, in the neighboring towns and uh, we're, we're sub what the average is. So we, I spoke with Jack and together we came up with what we thought was uh, a, a very uh, modest increase to the minimum fee um, that would also sustain us for more than a, a year or two. We won't be back here in a year looking to add another $5 for a minimum fee, et cetera. So the changes really were, uh, if you look at the proposed, is uh, the, the residential permit with one fixture would go from $60 to $80. And then the, each additional fixture would go from $5 to 10. Really everything else remains the same. And then for the commercial, um, for, and that's for plumbing and gas fitting. And then the commercial uh, would go from a minimum of, um, well, we actually, I'm sorry, the commercial would stay the same at 100. So it would be the combination electric water heater and gas, um, combination gas and water heater would go from 60 again to 80. So pretty modest uh, increase, um, but it, it gets us out of the red for many of these, you know, um, modest remodels. Any questions? No questions, Mr. Chairman. Uh, a couple of comments. One, it, it sticks in my, if this was eight years ago, I'm trying to think of when it is we ever had a conversation about inspection fees because it stuck in my head. It was a conversation we had. Jack Wolf. Well, okay. this is, yeah, this is permitting fees as opposed to the inspection fees. Yeah. Uh, Okay, well, so, well, what stuck in my, and I think you answered the question, but just the comment, what stuck in my head from that conversation four years ago was that we can't use these fees as a revenue generator. In essence, the fees are intended Correct. to offset our actual direct costs. Correct. Um, so your explanation kind of tracks pretty closely yeah. with that. So that well, makes sense to me. Right, this wouldn't include any administrative fees either. So, you know, our, yeah. our admin, yeah you know, puts so, the permits in and issues, you know, issues the permits 
okay. um, et cetera. So the other thing is to your point is probably our, our uh, per inspection fee when this fee structure was put in place mm -hmm. was probably around 26 to $28 mm -hmm. on inspection per mm -hmm. for the inspectors. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, obviously over the last eight years, it's increased, you know, a buck mm -hmm. or two a year with the cost of living increase, mm -hmm. et cetera. So, and then, you know, we'll probably be looking at 74, $75 in inspection. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry for, I should say 38, $37, $38 per inspection. Mm -hmm. um, you know, next year, year after. So, so that was my first thought. And yep. Then my second thought was I recognized that it was only the residential fees that went up. Yep. Um, which then led to my third thought, which is would it be easier to just have the same fee across the border? Is it? Is there really? Is there something about commercial inspect permit, commercial permit fees? Uh, maybe it's a more complex thing. I commercial just fees are typically now. higher than residential fees, okay. both building, electrical, and plumbing and gas, and that's you know, universal in the in the field. So then my fourth um, thought is, should they go up too? <laughs> uh, again, we're we're not trying to 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 you know uh, tap a a cash cow or anything okay. of that nature. Okay. Um, it was really the the fact that we shouldn't be. Uh, processing permit fees that don't cover our cost of inspection. So, um, okay. and the, the fee that the or the the fee that the inspector is paid per inspection is the same whether it's a residential or commercial. Okay. So there's no justification. So we have a commercial uh, remodel, and there's a rough and a and a final. We're covered even on a minimum fee. Okay. And uh, good questions, Gus, because I, I remember that discussion because I know that's a picture of a hobby horse of mine on uh, trying to use um, trying try to use whether it's it's fines issued by the police or, or other kind of regulatory fees for revenue purposes. And then you obviously see some see some horrible abuses um, as we're not anywhere near in that category. But um, I recall that discussion with Jack because that was a request from the work committee to raise revenue by raising the um, inspection fees. The, the question I did have is, is this purely, do these apply only when there's sort of a new um, a new installation, either as part of a renovation or new construction, or does it apply to repairs? No, a lot of, a lot, most of it is remodeled because most of the residential work, uh, the lion's share of the residential work is remodeled. Okay. Uh, and for plumbing and gas, it's typically, plumbers are taking things back to the wall. Right. So most bathroom remodels are gut remodels. Mm -hmm. So there's a rough inspection because they're they're updating the plumbing and the piping and the water piping and right. uh, same thing with the gas appliances. So there's there's generally uh, a rough and a final uh, for plumbing and gas. Okay. But if I'm thinking if somebody's water heater breaks, you know, comes out to fix it, they don't need a permit to repair the water heater. Uh, if they are disconnecting. The domestic water or disconnecting the gas service, they absolutely do have okay. to have a permit for that because that has to be performed by a licensed gas fitter. Okay. But if you're not disconnecting it, then you wouldn't need permit. Yeah, I don't know how they'd fix it if they didn't disconnect okay. it. But so typically this would apply also to repairs as well for yep. water heaters and, and all and gas and all of that. Okay. Yeah, any any in most cases, uh, if there's electric service to the to the water, to so the any appliance mm -hmm. that requires an electrical permit as well. 
Okay. But typically, the, the licensed plumbers and electricians know when the permits are needed. Yep. If they don't, we remind them. No. All right. <laughs> All right. I have no further questions. I don't see any questions in the QA and none here. So if there's a motion from the clerk. Sure. I uh, move that we approve the proposed changes to the plumbing and gas permit fees as submitted in the memo from the building inspector. Second. Uh, Mr. Peterson? Yes. Mr. Murphy? Yes. Yes. All right. Thank you very much, Gary. Thank you. Thank you all. Happy New Year. See you again in eight years. <laughs> At least on this one. All right. Next, uh, we have uh, members of the Medfield Energy Committee to discuss the uh, Town Garage Solar Project, potential vote to approve a contract with Solar Design Associates for engineering services for Town Garage Solar. As Fred Davis is here and Andrew Gerald uh, is in Zoom World. And they'll answer any questions as well. So maybe promote Andrew um, as well. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome, Fred. Thank you very much. Good to see you in person. <laughs> so before us tonight is the opportunity to move ahead with the contract with Solar Design Associates to finish the design and move through oversight of the construction of the solar array at Town Garage. Penny Connor is the Energy Committee's coordinator for the Solar Work Group, but she alerted me last night that she couldn't attend tonight, so I am here in her stead. I'll do what I can. Uh, her Solar Work Group meets monthly and has been moving uh, this project along for the last year or two. Uh, we've been hoping to get this on your agenda, and at this point now, it's, it's, it is an important project in any case, but it turns out that the time is of the essence. Uh, to move this ahead tonight, if at all possible. <clears throat> I'm glad to try to address any questions there may be. Uh, and I'm glad that Andrew's on the line. And if anybody else comes online to help, that'd be great. Uh, just in a nutshell, Medfield, just to remind us, we have experience with solar for six or seven years now. Uh, and I'd, be, I'd say what has been consistent throughout our engagement is maximizing quality and maximizing financial return for the town. And that's still the case with the current project. Uh, <clears throat> the project tonight, or the contract tonight with Solar Design Associates is to pay them for phase two, three, and four. They've already completed phase one of the work. Uh, and those three phases add up to $45,150. And we have in hand a state contract, a META grant, I'm sorry, state grant, it's called an META META grant, for 12,500, which would offset that 45,150. I have other notes here, but if there's a, there are questions, I'd, I'd be glad to take them. Pete? I've been watching this up close on the energy committee meetings for a long time, so I have no questions. Yes, we have a few, just to make sure I understand that. So the, First thing on the cost, and so the twelve thousand five hundred is covered through a grant. The other part of it would be coming from the town, and that's coming out of what budget? So there was money, uh, money that was left over from the wastewater treatment plant okay. uh, was transferred through town meeting to new solar at the town. Park. Okay, and this will be for the design of the solar. What's the cost for the construction? Uh, do you have ballpark on that? No, that's fine. Um, 
So the route that we're on currently uh, and what was approved at town meeting uh, per your per your direction uh, a year ago is a PPA. Okay. Which would mean there's no cost to the town. Okay. No outlay for the town, I should say. So that answers my next question. That's good. <laughs> and then the so again, not looking for hard numbers, but the ROI that we're this is, this is delivering a positive ROI for the town against the 33,000 or what that we're kicking in, perhaps ideally actually for the full 45,000, but at least the 33. Um, does that, I'm just trying to understand how this works. Does that ROI show up as a savings in the town's electricity? So if it's PPA, it's actually the fact that the town is using, I'm just trying to figure out where, how that shows up so, again, so, as a practical financial. Yeah, actually, that's a good question. Exactly how the, the uh, PPA benefits us on the practical mm -hmm. side is a good question, but the dollar amount has been roughed out a year ago. Uh, Nick did a great job with a, a super spreadsheet looking at various options at that time, but the minimum that we saw on that spreadsheet was 300,000 over 20 years. Okay. Um, and then the last, this is a, a comment actually, and Mark, you may want to weigh in. I noted that the arbitration clause in the Solar Design Associates is page four, Terms in the arbitration clause, Mark, I've always asked these questions before, so you can, it may be, you'll just tell me, don't worry about it, but the terms in the Solar Design Associates arbitration clause in the contract that they submitted, as I read it, directly contradicts the terms in the arbitration clause in the town contract. Uh, and so, I think in all matters like this, we sign the town contract and it's the town contracts terms that take precedence, but the fact that they actually were worded in exactly opposite ways caused me to want to raise that as a question about whether that's a problem. Uh, <clears throat> it's been a while since I looked at the contracts, worked on them with Nick. Our contract takes precedence. I is typically language that only refers to the scope of work and the uh, compensation provisions of any vendor's contract. So, that, so just so you know what, I, what I'm talking about here is the SDA contract says that all claims, disputes, and other matters in question between the parties to this agreement arising out of a related disagreement or the breach thereof shall be decided by arbitration. The town contract says it will only be decided by arbitration at the mutual agreement of the parties. So one is saying it absolutely will happen. The other one is saying it only happens if every, everybody agrees. So I'm first off pointing out that the town contract I believe takes precedent. Um, and I'm mainly doing this to make sure there's no confusion between the town and SDA that it's the town's terms that take precedence, uh, not the uh, terms that SDA has in their contract. And, and just to, put a circle back on that the sole design associates did operate under our standard contracts previously okay. so they've seen all these terms there is nothing new um, 
and create a prior proposal was very this, exactly the same as this one, except for it was a different phase. So everything's okay. the same, except for changing the phase, changing some compensation. So one point I'm making is a legal point, but maybe the more practical point I'm making is just from the standpoint of relationships with a contractor that's doing work for us. If there's any confusion about that, we should get that confusion undone before they start rather than shooting people in the court. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does say in, in the, yeah, in this paragraph, and yeah, the conflict. This the town's contract, right? Right. I, it's you're, just, you're only gonna you're only gonna sign the town's contract anyway. You're not gonna sign the form contract. If anything, it's a if anything, it's attached it's attached as an exhibit. My point is, if you can avoid a rough spot without resorting to legal determinations to resolve an issue, it's a better way to do business. So, okay. I just don't know how much clearer it will be. I, with what I just said, I think it's pretty clear as long as we got a recording. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. I do have a couple of questions, a uh, number of questions, actually. Um, and obviously, this has been sort of a long time coming. The garage was built 10 years ago. Um, but my, my overarching question is, if we're going to do a PPA, why don't we have the design as part of the PPA? And why don't we simply bid out the location? And let whoever purchases the location design it, build it, run it, and take responsibility for it. Why are we designing it and then going out to get somebody else to do it? And by the way, what did you what did you mean by bid out the location? What is that? Well, I mean essentially here, you know, we are a landlord, right? And the town's role with respect to this facility is we own space on a roof. And what we're just doing is selling space on a roof for sold, right? There's different models for doing that, um, but that's what we are, right? We're, we're, we're a landlord. And so if we're a landlord and we're selling the space, why would we design this first rather than just simply sell the space and let the PPA provider design what they want, set it up, run it, and have us totally not do anything <laughs> other than negotiate a lease? Negotiate a lease and also, I presume, evaluate proposals. Sure, of course. And that is a good part of this, the evaluation of proposals. Right, my question is about the design. Understood. So if it's just about evaluating proposals, that's separate. But what, why are we designing this and then saying this is the design and bidding that out to somebody else to build it, manage it, run it, right. and all that? So as I, my understanding of contracting, is if you don't have a design in advance, I, I'm sure it could work the way you're describing. But if you don't, then you're you're have you're likely, possibly, probably going to have to grapple with sorting out whether you're looking at an apple and an orange and pineapple. What's the advantages or disadvantages of whatever the proposals are? Here, we're looking for an expert to advise and say this is a high quality the quality you want and then solicit on that basis in other words write the specs in advance well this is designed it in advance I mean, why couldn't we just write the specs as we want a solar array with this amount of power with this amount of revenue right you can and then we expect you to design that and tell us what the design will be and we'll evaluate your proposal for design build construction management sort of this this strikes me as it's usually a pretty commodified project. I mean, it's a roof of a building of a certain size. It's not a unique setup. It's basically a flat roof or a certain size. And so, 
my, my concern is that when they're gonna do a design, we're gonna do part of this, then having completed that design, we're then gonna turn around and say, okay, based on this design, you go and do this, but then you're probably limiting yourself to potential bidders who like that design. So this firm that we're talking to, Solar Design Associates, is eminently qualified to know what design would be optimal for us and for the market. In other words, they're not going to design something that and then find that there's nobody to bid on it because of whatever the, the materials or the size or the of the panels or whatever. They know what they're doing. They know how to configure so that they're presumably will, and, and they, going to design and, it for the bidders also will know what they're doing, right? The bidders who do this professionally are going to want a system that works for them. We can evaluate the numbers because essentially we'll be evaluating our numbers. We have, What's going to give us the greatest savings? We, we, we have had the lowest cost of the town. We have had, right. And, and by the way, that, that could, I mean, none of us here in this room and nobody on the energy committee has the wherewithal to say that these specs are, you know, faulty or these specs are great. You know, it, that stuff can be hidden. It's not obvious where the quality differences are. Now, solar design associates has- the solar equivalent of OPM to evaluate the bids rather than have a design? So, my question is not that we, I'm not saying we don't need professional assistance looking at whatever plans are proposed. My concern is I don't see the need for a professional designer to design this in advance. It just so, seems like it, where you are a landlord, you are leasing space that for what is essentially a commodified product, that we, we might need professional assistance to help us evaluate the specs. I don't see the need for a design in advance. It seems like this will get done faster on a project that has already taken a very long time to get to this point. It'll get done faster if we go to market simply with an RFP for you know, a design, build, construct, manage proposal, as opposed to taking whatever time it's gonna to take to design this and then say, here's the design, we're now gonna to go to the next step. So we have listened to solar design on this subject and to select a, a, a contractor on this subject. And I think, I'm trying to remember where, who, who was in on the meeting when solar design addressed those things before. I thought it was at the board of selectmen level last year, but in any case, uh, Haskell Whirling is glad to participate tonight and address that question. So I, I remember he basically said there was no difference in the design between designing yourself and going out with a PPA provider. He said, oh, no, both, he, you can design both the same way, you get the same bit. I, I remember the conversation, I asked him that question. He gave a very straightforward, correct, honest answer about it, that you can get the exact same system both ways. I remember it very well. He was sitting like on his porch during the meeting, he was remote. Um, and I asked that specific question. And the answer was, you can get the exact same thing doing either way. I see Andrew has his hand up, Andrew. Okay. Would you like to speak? Uh, hello, good evening. And uh, thank you for um, taking my, my comments to this is um, by getting, we're kind of getting out in front of the design process um, by uh, going ahead and having Solar Design Associates already kind of give us the framework of what our array, what would optimally look like, as opposed to um, if we were to just farm it out as a PPA with the design kind of included in that, in that scope of work, we'd be at the mercy of sort of the company that's running the PPA, the consultants that they're hiring to design the array. 
um, we're kind of doing ourselves a favor by in a sense having SDA go through this preliminary design phase work to in a sense know all the caveats and the things that we would have to look out for um, down the process where we're, we're kind of owning the we're owning the design a lot more by and and as a result kind of getting a much more refined array that is much more custom tailored and not necessarily more geared towards the company that's doing the PPA just to make a bunch of money, uh, as you said, just get the space and, you know, not have any regard for the town or anything like that. Uh, but it seems to me that's something you can evaluate when you're evaluating their proposals. I and mean, obviously, mm -hmm. you wouldn't company without seeing what they're proposing. Yes. And by having the and by having the the information that SDA can provide in this analysis, that's the information by which we would evaluate the different proposals that will be coming at us later on to see which one is ideal for us. Just to me, evaluate those proposals without having to design the array in advance. And that if you design the array in advance, you're limiting yourself to those companies that like the design. Um, I, I don't see what the advantage of a custom design here is for us other than just adding to the costs. I mean, it seems to me if we wanna do more of these projects, the way to do more of these projects is to limit the amount of work that the town has to do on the projects, right? To have the companies that are expert in this area, presumably there are reputable companies that do this, that aren't just gonna be looking to stick it to the town. Um, we can evaluate the, those competing proposals based on the economics so we can evaluate how much the town is going to make out of it what it work, how it works from the town's perspective and it can be somewhat indifferent to how profitable it is for the company if we like the terms proposed by the town um but my concern is if we design this then we are now owning the, they say we are owning the design i don't know that any ppa provider or any other one's going to bid on it will then assume responsibility for any problems with the design meaning if down the road the design causes issues for the ppa provider we're going to be on the hook for it because if it, they'll come back and say the reason this happened is a design defect you did the design i can't imagine that we make our rfp more attractive by requiring a ppa provider to indemnify us and solar design associates for the design and so i think the way to do this um the way to do all of these, and this is why I think we favor the PPA generally, is to, to try to outsource as much of it as we can. And this is, as a municipality, we're not in the business of overseeing and managing um, solar projects, right? We'd like to be in the business of doing them. I think that they're good to do, and you'll do more of them if you make them kind of turnkey commodified operations, right? You talked about it in the presentation yesterday about the transition from you know, the horses to cars, right? And we transition from horses to cars because cars were standardized, they're made in assembly lines, they can be done cheaply. And if we're gonna be successful with the transition to solar, it's gonna be because as we've seen over the last decade, solar panels get a lot cheaper and arrays get a lot cheaper to install. And the way they get uh, cheaper and easier to install is by having companies that specialize in doing that. And we as a town don't do that. And so I have no issue whatsoever with a different contract where solar design associates or somebody else to help us evaluate these proposals. But I think I'd rather cut out uh, the middleman here, um, which is the design and fit out the whole thing and design all the way through and, and have a company that's probably gonna have, I suspect you're gonna have companies that do this will have relatively standard designs for buildings like this. And I, I suspect 
there are solar arrays in the world that are on buildings this size, this shape, this location, and you could modify some of those designs more cheaply than doing a custom build ourselves. I, excuse me, Mr. Chairman. I have some recollection of Penny Connor telling us that this was the way to go is to get the the best quality design, the best quality product for the town. Uh, so that if Penny was here, she could uh, certainly let us know. Um, but that's that was my recollection that she actually did address this when we talked about this before. I think going forward as the town, we might want to think about uh, whether we want to keep doing PPAs or whether we want to do some sort of hybrid ownership. Uh, Penny's at the Energy Committee seemed to say that that was a, a preferable way to go uh, in terms of return on investment for the town. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe not, but it just seems to me that that I, I've not heard anything to suggest that we're going to get a great advantage from designing this ourselves that we couldn't get just from bidding this out and evaluating those proposals. It just seems like we're adding, you know, thirty thousand or thirty-five thousand dollars of cost to the project um, that could be repurposed and used for something else through no no greater loss. And I think in terms of evaluating the return on investment to the town, that's something we can evaluate. Somebody can pay us to lease the roof space and we can evaluate how much revenue we'd get from that compared to what we get through some other model and a discount on the electricity and, and all the rest of it. I think that um, that's an easier thing for us to assess. And then we can have it sort of an engineering technical assessment of the specs to make sure that whatever design is being proposed won't jeopardize the garage and all the rest of it. But I, I, would, I would assume reputable companies would want to do a good job anyway. It's in their interest to do a good job because that would probably make it more profitable to them. I, mean, I, I have concerns too about if you have a custom design, um, is it going to be more expensive to maintain over time? Are you going to have um, issues that might arise because whoever, even if we were successful in getting a, a PPA provider in with our chosen design, if that design is not consistent with what they do generally, um, it could be more expensive over time. And again, I don't, I don't know that we would get somebody to you know, be on the hook for what they see as a design error, a design mistake. So I would suggest maybe the, the best thing to do might be to uh, uh, hold this over then until we can have a meeting with Penny and get her input on this. We've actually discussed this a lot. And at this point, this is now at pretty much the time limit. Uh, this project, the first phase of the work that Solar Design Associates did was to do the initial design and the application to Eversource. That was successful and that was dated uh, February of last year, almost a year ago now. Because we got the agreement, which by the way, I would have no idea, but people had exclamation marks all over the, the announcement, like it came through, that's good, but it came through at zero cost. In other words, Eversource said no cost for the interconnection. And that was, I don't know, but unheard of, but it's unusual. So that's really, really good. But am I right that it's tied to the interconnection agreement, the calendar is tied to that. Is that correct? We have to be interconnected with Eversource by the end of this calendar. Correct. Right. Now, the sources that we've spoken to, Solar Design Associates and independent contractors have been fairly consistent saying, we got to get going now. doesn't matter which route we go, but now it, it has to start now. Yeah, and I'm happy to go right now with a, a bid for the design bid bill uh, from a, the people so, who provide so that, that design it ourselves. That hypothesis, it's a hypothesis that somebody could write those words even. 
I couldn't. I don't know what, exactly what to say, and I don't know that anybody on the committee is. Maybe Solar Design Associates could do that, but that we'd have to ask them, and you know, we might be. And by the way, you keep referring to it as custom. I'm not sure why you would say that because their whole you use that word. Their whole goal would you use be, the word custom. Well, I'm sorry that that I did then. I apologize. So, so <laughs> but, but what's that? Let me weigh in. Yeah, and and this, by the way, I want to say one more thing, Gus, and it goes back to what you were asking about the line. Of, you were on it before. You can put this in in perspective. In other words, a thirty. What we say here, 30, uh, 33,000 or so, 32,000 something net that we'd be paying uh, for design. Is that worth it? And what, where do you, how can you gauge that? The rough guess, rough estimate, I should say, that we worked up uh, last year was about 386,000 would likely to be the cost of construction. Now, if it's a PPA, we don't pay that, but that's likely the cost anyway. So that gives you some clue as to you know scale, and and so is is it worth it to pay a little bit to uh, make sure we get what we want? Yeah. So I, I just make an observation. My my direct experience is not with roof systems like this. It's actually large solar fields, uh, and I know in that part of the industry, at least, there are companies that do engineering of those solar fields. And there are companies that are kind of the the the, the construction companies. What you, you you've suggested that design is a commodity that it's kind of a plug and play, which it may be, but it may also be that the choice of equipment, uh, perhaps the configurations, but maybe the quality, the caliber, the capacity, may be not just a commodity, but in fact, reflect who's doing what. So whether a PPA with a design branch would design the same array on a roof that a design company working for the town would design, I don't know, but I wouldn't automatically just grant the, that it's all commodity here. But I'm only saying that because of what I know on larger scale stuff where it's definitely not that way. This is one where I think maybe Pete's, in light of the timing here, Fred, Pete's suggestion of letting Penny come in and help us better understand, because I'm looking at, I think what we're dealing with here is, is this a design build contract or is a design bid build contract is kind of what it is. Really you got to do that a little slower, please. Gotcha. Design build is you just hire the same people to design it, build it, single contract, it gets there. Design bid build is you bring somebody in to design the contract. You then put that out, that design out for bid, and then they build it. Right now, we're kind of design bid build. Right. Um, and you're suggesting design build, and it's certainly simpler. Uh, but to me, what hinges is whether that design process really is a fairly low-level, commoditized, intuitively obvious thing, and it's just a question. Like on the roof of my house, uh, those guys came in, they figured out how they could best fit it. I made some tweaks around how they configured it around my skylights. They're the ones who recommended the, you know, the all the equipment and explained why they thought I should get this. That was not the cheapest, but it wasn't the most expensive, and it sounded reasonable, and so I went with it. One bit, one bit. Yeah, yeah, it was three through the solarization program here. Oh, um, oh, in that case, it was it was pre-bid. Yeah, well, maybe it was, but for me, it was. They came in, I paid them, and they 
we, they gave me some choices and I interjected myself on a couple of things and wound up with a nice little looking array. But, but um, you understand what I'm saying? There, there was a lot of scrutiny to that, to finding that contractor and the, and the, the, op, op, um, what's the options yeah, that, that I, contractor I, could yeah, offer you. Yeah. What I, what I, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the, it, it wasn't, they couldn't offer you anything. It was already constrained because right. of the process. So whether that's exactly a design good build or not, I don't know. But my point is, if it's if it's really simple elementary design work, and that's all it is, then you're, I think you're right. If there actually are some differences in how you design the array, either because there's some things that the DPW would like, you know, I don't want you to maximize the output on the, on the roof because we have these things that we care about, or there's some equipment that maybe has a longer life or whatever. I don't know if there are real design decisions, then it's possible you would want a designer who's kind of working for you rather than working for the PBA. <clears throat> so it sounds like maybe Pete's suggestion of deferring the decision, but not like stretching it out indefinitely, just giving Penny a chance to yeah. help us better understand might be reasonable. I'm looking at their, um, the phases, and I don't know how much attention was given to the pricing of these three phases, and I don't know if they correlate perhaps anything to the way you're thinking about this, Mike. Um, so they, they have 90, uh, phase three construction period support, 9,750. <clears throat> system commissioning and utility closeout 7725 but i can't imagine if we said so in other words 16000 17000 or so if we came back to them which are almost uh, totally be offset by the media grant but if we came back to them and said we just want those two phases um i'm not sure that they would say yeah that's fine because they're phase 3 and phase 4 is two specs, you know, to, to check to see whether uh, the work is proceeding the way that they they specified it would be, it should be, or at least the pricing would be the same for those two. Specs. That's what I mean. Yes. Yeah. Right. And, and again, maybe they wouldn't be the right ones to do it. I mean, this is a proposal from July of 2021, and here we are in February of, of, of 2022. But if I don't see any requirement for a project that's less than $400,000 to be built for us to do it this way. I mean, a major, major project, sometimes you want to do your design in advance because you really have a real concern about the cost. If we're going to the PPA route, we're not going to pay anything up front. We're not going to pay for construction. We're not going to pay for anything else. We're going to have economic terms of the transaction. And I, I, need, I need to understand before I can support an outlay for design what it is we're getting with a design that we wouldn't get with a spec and RFP for essentially a turnkey operation to lease that space to the company that's going to be the PPA provider or whatever the economic arrangements are to do what we want to do. Okay. And there's so, going to be an economic return to the town. They're obviously going to have to meet whatever inspection standards they have to meet. There's obviously town inspection requirements for the electric connections and the building inspector. There's all of those rules. I suspect there are state rules and regulations that anyone's going to have to comply with. Um, and a variety of other pieces of oversight. Right? This is not an unregulated area. This is not an area where that, that's super new, right? There's, there are solar arrays it's super around. Competitive. Um, super competitive, super so, competitive. So there are lots of opportunities for contractors to compete with each other on terms that you and I could see and on terms that you and I would never see. Mm -hmm. 
That's why I want our town to be hiring an expert to watch. That's to say, fine. Say we don't need an expert to design it. And we don't have issue. Time. I, don't think, I don't imagine we have time now to go back to them and say, could you, would you, and maybe they could, maybe it'd be simple and easy. Could you, would you do a totally different construct, uh, contract? Uh, so I, I will just throw in that the advantage here of doing, that I see, of doing a, and say it one more time, the design, I always get that. Design. Design so somebody design. designs it, put it out to bid, somebody builds it. To me, that is, we maintain control, first and foremost. Second, it puts the competitive forces to work for our benefit. Well, it limits it. Right, because you set the design you in advance, so. you're limiting it because you think the difference here, Gus, is but, but I disagree we're gonna have, there's already going to be two other parties involved. <clears throat> so the, the PPA provider is probably not going to be the actual construction contractor. So I suspect that the person bidding to the town will be the person who's going to be managing all of that piece of it. There's probably a different company they're going to hire to actually construct this. Um, I suspect. I suspect there's a construction company that... Fred, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that will actually construct this that's probably not the same company that's managing the PPA. Is that a fair? Yeah, there are firms that do that. And then as we're seeing with Kingsbury, there are firms that get the project, get the um, agreement, and then flip it over immediately. This has happened with the Kingsbury project at least once. At least once. So my, my point about the, and again, my reference is the large scale solar field. So it's not, I don't have the insight here, but when you talk about what the PPA would do to go hire a construction company, what I'm saying is at least for the other, the part of the solar industry I know, not all construction companies that do the construction for those large scale fields have the design capability. So sure. PPA would go to a construction company that doesn't have the design. Well, they would hire a designer. Then, some, that might some... change, then that might change the economics that we see from the PPA. Right. And we might not be smart enough to know how that all get buried. I mean, I think we can evaluate the economics. We have right here, we have a bid for a total of $45,000 of which about 30 is the design. Is that about right? Design. Forty-five thousand is the forty-five thousand one hundred and fifty is the total of the. Three, <clears> he's taking. The I'm taking the sixteen dollars. The second. I'm taking those last. Because I thought you were suggesting that those two things would have to happen no matter what. Even if we went with the PPA route, we'd still have to hire somebody to do those last pieces. I would think we'd want to. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Right. If we'd want to beyond our inspection, right? Beyond the the inspection that's going to happen from inspectors and do all of that. Part of it, right? So there's going to be an inspection no matter what as part of the, the regulation of this building, the regulation of construction. So 28,000 is what they say for IFR drawings, drawing system specifications, 9,000 for construction period report, 7,000 for system commissioning utility closeout. Depending on the nature of the proposal, the, the bidding company could have cover all of that. In other words, if we're simply saying to the bidding company, you have to pay us this amount of rent or give us this amount of discount on electricity, that's what you're delivering. And then they would do all of that. And they're, the, the bidder is then taking responsibility for the design, the construction, the oversight, and they just have to meet the economic terms to the town and whatever other specs we have. Maybe we could spec out if there were things that in particular that we ought to make sure that should be included in here. But I remember from our discussion with Haskell last summer that whether you're owning the system, whether it's a hybrid, whether it's something else, that can all be look exactly the same. I mean, the, the setup is just an economic difference between the three. The economics vary, 
but the technical specs don't vary. You can just you can have the exact same sort of system that, that operates under any one of those three conditions. You might have the same technical product. Is that what you just said? Yeah. But you might have very different well, sure. product. Of course. But I keep saying nobody here is able to discern. Well, and you're not able to discern if solar design is not a good job either. So at one, at one point in the process, so, so, at one so point in the like process, you are relying on a professional who's not you and who's not us to do a good job about this sort of thing. And, right. And so, in, and so our ability to evaluate that is going to be less than someone who's an expert in the process. And so, so I do if the idea say, is you trust solar design more than you trust the person who's going to bid, I don't know about that. The person who's going to bid is going to have the biggest economic interest in the success of this setup because they're going to be putting up a $385,000 outlay to construct it and all the rest of it. So they have every incentive to have that thing work really well and to meet what our economic terms are. I, 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 want, I do not want us to be, I want us to be as far away from the business of evaluating the technical specs here as we can be. How do you get to the economic terms? Those economic terms that you're saying. Hmm? Our here's what they're going to pay to lease it, or here's how much they're going to pay for the power discount. Here's how, I mean, the economic terms are based on how much you're going to save in, in power or how much you're going to pay getting rent. And that's essentially they're going to either pay rent, you're going to get power discount because you're going to use that power. And you can evaluate, okay, here's what you think is going to happen with energy prices. So here's the amount of savings you're going to get based on this lower energy price. And then here, if they're paying rent, you're going to evaluate the rent. Right? And the simplest thing too is to just rent it, right? Just like if you have the, the old dump and you just rent the old dump for a solar project, all you're doing is renting it. You don't have to evaluate any of it because the company that's going to rent it from you is going to do that. We, we've been, uh, we've been uh, advised by the committee that's been looking into this and the subgroup working group of that committee that has great expertise on it, that this is the way to go. Um, you're questioning that at this point, Mike. Um, and so that I think the, the prudent thing to do is to hear from the person who is the expert at this, Penny, and, and she can explain why she's recommending that this is the way to go. My, as I say, my recollection is that she said that we would get a better product for the town out of it if we did it this way. Um, Fred, I'm concerned about the timing issue. You raised that and I'm not aware of the uh, timing issue. Can, and I wasn't quite sure that I heard what you said about that because of the connection. Can you reiterate that for me, please? Right, thank you. So we received the interconnection agreement, service agreement with, uh, with Eversource. And once that happens, a, a clock starts. And so the project has to be completed by this uh, less than 12 months from now, December 31st. And yeah, it's right at the end of the calendar. Did, did you hear that, Pete? It has to be completed by December 31st next year? Here. This year? Yes. Okay, I, I don't know how long these take to build, but I would think that's enough time to, to build it. Exactly. So that's what we have pushed both Solar Design Associates on, who sees the entire industry. That's their job. And by the way, Mike, I could, we could get into a long discussion of their, uh, their background, why we're working with them. They are the right. PV That's experts. I, I agree with Pete. If you want to come back on this, no, I, I don't. would say no, I've I don't. not heard one answer no, no, as I don't. to why your approach is better. No, I don't. I've not heard one answer other than just a vague sense that we're going to get a better product. And so if you're going to come vague. back, here's what I want to hear. It, I, want to hear I want to see an example of a PPA provider, okay, who in an agreement, was willing to indemnify a town, a municipality that had designed a solar array itself for a design defect. 
So in other words, if there's a fire in this in the building that's caused by a design defect in the solar array that was designed by Solar Design Associates, I want you to show me a PPA provider is willing to be on the hook for that design defect. Okay. Do you think I followed that? I didn't follow. That's indemnification. So okay. you say that that goes All right. So that. you're talking about a design. So, but, but, but this is gonna design it. Okay. Yes. All right. Sometimes things go wrong. And, and by the uh, way, if things that are built, if Solar Design Associates is available online, would you like to ask them that right now? No. Because no, I want, I want, 30... I want, I want. Pete wants Penny to come back to, to a meeting. We'll have Penny come back in two. This weeks has been discussed and discussed and discussed. And but I, you don't have an answer to my question, so this has not been discussed. I, I realize, Freddie, you strongly want to go this route. It's not. It's it not may just well that. be that you can lay out did, why it's going to be better, what the economics are, but you haven't made any. You haven't made the case I, on that. I can at all. I can. Well, then, all right. Show me the numbers. Give me an example of, of a town getting a better deal because it designed it itself, as opposed to contracting out to somebody to design it. Give me an example. Everyone here is going to have to. And by the way, Pete, the end of the, the answer for your question was that we pushed solar design, we pushed another contractor. They both independently said it has to get started now to get it done by the, and it's not because it takes that long to do the, this project. It's not cookie cutter, but this, this is a well-known uh, entity here. It's because there's a lot, a lot of projects out there and all the contractors are getting more and more jammed to get it done in certain periods of time. Well, then can I now, ask what, why, what? If, if we got this bid from them in July, we're only here now in this? If time is of the essence and EverSource approved this, when did EverSource approve us for the interconnection? February 24th of last year. So EverSource approved us February 24th of last year. We have a bid here from Solar Design Associates of July 28, 2021. And why are we here now and suddenly it's an urgent matter on February 1st, 2022? I don't have an answer to that question. We've tried yeah, a few, uh, on yeah, the agenda it's, before. It's a, it goes, I mean, there's a, a few different reasons for that, but we've, Fred had insisted on looking at whether the township constructed ourselves. So that was some stuff we were working on last summer when Susan McPhee was hired. And I mentioned this work to her right about when we were going to bring the contract into the board of select. And she said, why is the town going this route? You know, I've worked with and had great experience working with Select and other communities where you don't even have to put it up to bid because Select has already been select, has been chosen through a competitive procurement process and you can just enter in a contract um, immediately. So she said, have you looked at that? We should consider that. And so that was happening in this fall. Um, and then with some, so that's kind of where things have been going back and forth, just trying to navigate through some of the options that, other options that there are other than just going down this route. Okay, who is Solect? What is Solect? Are you Solect able to say about that? The other sure, delay? so Solect would, um, we're a member of Power Options, which is a, a consortium for mm -hmm. that does procurements. They manage our energy supply and gas supply. Since we are a member of that organization, um, we are able to execute an agreement with Select, which is a solar company. Um, they do this in a lot of cities and towns where you can enter into a PPA with them um, and they'll handle everything from start to finish. Um, so that's an option that's out there. That's something that we had looked at. Um, and so what's the cost comparison? Like how much more, um, you know, what is the value add from this design that we're going to get over select in terms of the amount of energy that's saved, the amount of solar panels that are there, what at least revenue we get, what's the economic difference? Because Fred says there's an advantage to designing it ourselves compared to the select proposal to the 
with this proposal? What's the economic difference? I don't have, I don't, I can't put a number on it in the conversations that this group has had. I have stressed my preference for a select version rather than the version that we are, that is in front of me tonight. I think if we're looking at it big in terms of pros and cons, the risk with select is that we sign an agreement, a power purchase agreement for a little bit more expensive than we maybe have gotten if we would out with an RFP under the proposal that you kind of put forward where RFP provide, our PPA providers come bid on our roof. Give us your, you know, your cost of kill off and we'll pick the love, we'll pick the best one for us. Select would be an uncompetitive version because they were chosen on their qualifications by power options more mm -hmm. so than they were chosen on their ability to provide the best price. Mm -hmm. um, the magnitude for, I mean, for a rate, this is not the, the largest, um, th this is not the, the largest array in the world. What are we talking about? The actual difference, even if we do a little bit worse than select. It sounds like select is you sign a contract with them, we're off the road. It's like that's definitely the fastest approach. And that and that would be definitely the case. So that's, that's the scenario Mike's arguing for, right? Mike's arguing for kind of this, a different version where but I'm fine with select too. Yeah. So, you know, right. words. I think there's three <laughs> options. So the first would be sign a deal, select, and just go. We negotiate the power the price of kilowatt hour with them directly and they go. The other option would be we put out an RFP saying, hey, we have a roof, design a solar system, put it on there. We're going to evaluate on technical merits as well as price. And so then we work with the solar consultant to develop what those technical criteria would be so that we have a clear evaluation and that we pick the best technical proposal and the best price. The third option would be, which is which Fred has brought forward, is just design it, put it on the street. We take the lowest kilowatt hour price and we go with that. So I think that there's three different options that we can choose. Um, and they each have potential benefits and potential drawbacks, I think, um, in terms of upfront costs and speed. Select is definitely the version, but there are, you know, there is that chance that maybe we'll be wishing we had a power purchase agreement with a, a little bit better price for us than, than we did get to. One dis disagreement, Nick, is that we did push select on the question of speed. It seemed like it would be easy and, and quick. I'm sorry, easy and quick to just sign here and go ahead. And they said essentially the same things that Solar Design Associates are saying. You want to get you want to get it done in that time frame. That's going to be a crunch, and that's what's happening now. It doesn't. It, and so the the conclusion we came to, and Susan, if Susan's online, she can verify. But we pushed them both on on this timing thing. We didn't see a difference between the two. The design work has to be done. Except that we could have gone to select in August last August. You could have signed this back in August too. Well, I, don't think, I don't think this was proposed back in August. I think it wasn't. By the, the way, issue was that there was a difference of opinion between the committee um, and the consultant. The committee recommended that we hire Susan McPhee and Nick. And Nick and Susan seemed to be in agreement, at least in the first instance, that going to select group was probably the best way to go. And you all disagreed. And so it sounds like the time was spent trying to persuade Susan and Nick that they were wrong. It's not a question of right and wrong. I believe select the select route is a good route for many situations for towns that don't have experience, that don't have the wherewithal, might not have an energy committee. Well, um, what is that? We, we have a lot of experience here. The wherewithal here is right. we're going to go hire somebody to do it. Right. So and, you were telling me that we had the wherewithal to design this without further outlay of money. That'd be one thing. We don't have the wherewithal to design this. We are one of those towns. And, and my, my concern, no, think, we've had this discussion before in the past, 
The more of these kind of capital assets that we own, the more responsibility we have for them. Nobody's right? talking then, about owning the. No, asset. we're talking about owning the design. We're talking about designing it and, the, and then putting out the design. And I, I'll, I'll. You consider that an asset? I, I consider if we are responsible. For, I've made this. If we are responsible for any problems with the design, then yes, we own the design. We own the risk with the design. So you're my concern before. here is with and we've had this discussion before about the ownership versus hybrid versus PPA, which is the more capital assets we own, the more long-term costs we have to maintain and manage those capital assets. We do not, and in my view, we should not be looking to hire more people to manage an increasing number of solar projects that we own. And so from my perspective, in terms of the long-term risk to the town, the long-term cost to the town, the hidden costs of these capital things that we buy, because we have this issue that we've been dealing with in this town uh, for a long time. Of we own a lot of capital assets for which very little provision was made for how to maintain, replace, and own those capital assets. We've done a little better about it over the last five or seven years or so, but we're still not out of it. And so if we have sort of a turnkey operation where we are simply offloading the risk and entering into an economic transaction that generates the same amount of solar energy. So the planet is just as grateful for the additional solar as it would be in one that we designed ourselves. I don't see why we're taking on any added risk or responsibility, particularly where now as a, as a result of where we are, uh, time is of the essence. Well, why wouldn't we go with the option that requires the least amount of work? We're always hearing from you how you need more resources, you need more help, you need the town to hire more people, you can't do all this yourselves. And I appreciate it. You guys do an amazing job as volunteers doing what you're doing. But for this technical stuff where we need professional assistance that costs money, to me, the, the less money we're spending on that kind of stuff, the better. And then who's doing the evaluating if not the expert? Well, again, at some point, whoever's taking on the, the less responsibility we're taking on, the less evaluating we have to do. We're evaluating the economics of the transaction. Solect apparently is already approved and vetted and seemed to be a legitimate organization that's not going to stick it to us. We so evaluate the economics. To answer your earlier question, Mike. Evaluate the economics of, of sort of the other approach as well. I have a partial answer for, for your earlier question. What might possibly be the advantage of going out for competitive bid? And I'm not sure exactly why you're hitting me with that about this project, because I presume that you, I mean, one thing I've noticed is that you do due diligence very, very, very well. Everything is, is reviewed. And I presume in that process, you're trying to do the best. For, I know you're doing the, trying to do the best for the town. I presume this is the best route for the town also. And this is a partial answer. It's a little apples and oranges, so I'm, I'm cautioning. But we did go out to bid for our solar before, our first two projects, which, as far as I know, I'm still going to say, you know, you're welcome. Anybody's welcome to tell me otherwise. Is not costing us any problems whatsoever. They're producing money every single year. Uh, latest was $160,000 between the SREX and the energy savings. But as a result of the going out to bid, we have this incredible budget surplus, or how do you call it that? I don't have a budget surplus. $200,000 left over. What do you call it? What is the right term for it? Sorry. I don't know where you're turning that. Are you a turn back? I don't know where you're. No, the, the, the money that's available because it came in under budget years ago, the 200 something thousand. The leftover. Oh, that was, yeah, budget. the appropriation that we moved to the town garage. Right, what, yeah. what do you call it? Not a- just, it's, it's, just, it's, it's a $200,000 appropriation 
that we appropriated at town meeting to go from the town property. Okay, so yeah. somebody at some point estimated, guesstimated, that's the budget line item. It was underspent. Is that a good? It was not spent totally. Anyway, a reason, a reason was because it was competitively bid. It's not the only reason. A large reason was that solar prices came down radically in that time period. But competitive bids do wonders for pricing. They they work to our advantage. It's the free market. Why am I telling you? So that is well, again. That I'm is the reason. Competitive to, bid, but my concern is why are we paying to design this before we go to a competitive bid? Well, that, that's my question. Is that and and that's, that's what they're the really really so that group they're really good group. at this. They're really good at this. They go to market. They know who the market is. They know what a design is that will make sure that there are competitive bidders. They know how to design so that there's I, I don't competition. Doubt that, I don't doubt that they do, but. I, but I, think I, I don't. Want to, I think I, I don't, and I don't know that anybody here has the wherewithal. No, but I, we can evaluate. A, we can else. evaluate an economic proposal from credible companies. That yes, have but we can't. We can't evaluate the 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 solar component. Well, and you're not going to evaluate theirs either. Yes, no, we not. have an expert who does that. Well, then why can't they just evaluate it directly from the PPA bidder? I mean, it, you're you're saying both things for it. You're saying we can't do what they do, but we can evaluate what they're going to what the solar design is going to do. Why are you doubting them? They do. They are the experts in this field. I'm not, I'm not doubting them at all. I'm doubting why are we going to spend $45,000 we don't have to. It's not that I, I don't think they're unqualified. I'm not doubting their abilities whatsoever. But if we're going to end up doing some sort of a PPA where we're not going to own this ourselves, which I think is absolutely the right way to go, and there are options where you essentially turn it over entirely to the PPA provider or to select or whatever industry term used to describe that entity, why are we taking on this additional work in this process? And that, that's what, and I appreciate that you believe very strongly that's what's best for the town, but as part of my due diligence on whether we spend this $45,000, I haven't really yet heard an answer as to why. If I was spending, if I was, had any responsibility for a $300,000, $400,000 project, I'd want to pay somebody to make sure it comes out okay. Even what? if the, even and if the five thousand dollars to review the proposals, five thousand dollars. I don't know. What if, if we spread out to bids and we want somebody to help us help us evaluate the technical okay. specs of the RFP so, to make sure they comply with whatever requirements have to be on there. Mike, Mike um, you, you you pointed out that we do a lot of work, and I appreciate that you know that that you take take account of that. We have put a lot of work into this over the last couple of years. We brought this to you after that, a lot of work. And I would appreciate, and I, I, I'm hearing mostly from you, I'm not hearing that much from Gus or Pete. I'm not sure where you're gonna end up on this, but I would appreciate the respect that we've done the diligence I'm to get it to I'm not disrespecting you, Fred. But, and, I, but you're, I, presuming, I, you're presuming there's another route out there that we could have, should have. Well, it sounds like there's another route out there that at least Nick and Susan, who I imagine also are knowledgeable and good people and working hard and care for the town and want to do the right thing, thought was viable too. It is. Right. It was. Right. And now we're running out of time on that too. Right. But, but again, I, I, I appreciate the time that's gone into it. I appreciate the effort that's gone into it. I appreciate the, but, but you really haven't given me a serious answer to any of these questions. You haven't given a serious explanation as to the economic difference between the two of these. Uh, here's 10 projects where they didn't design it themselves and this is how much money people lost. Here, I just, I, I'm not getting from you any explanation of other than you just wanna make sure it's okay so you hire these guys. But I have no reason to think that any regulated, licensed, approved, 
PPA provider isn't going to be equally competent. Frankly, they might even hire these folks to do the design. So it just seems like this is an added cost to the process that makes it more expensive, that causes the town to take on additional risk and involvement in the project that I haven't yet heard why it's necessary for us to do that. And for me, from my perspective, I'd, I'd be willing to give up a little bit of the economics to both save the $45,000 up front, or if, it's, if you gotta hire somebody to do something, whether it's 30, whatever the number, save that up front and offload the risk associated with the design and somebody can just take it all the way through with the spec being this has to be done by 1231. So as opposed to telling solar design, you have to design something that will then be sufficiently appealing and buildable by 1231 that somebody else can then bid on and hire a third party to then build by 1231. Why don't we cut out one of the people in that process and try to go directly to the people who are going to have respect? That, that's my point. And again, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I am asking the questions and doing the well, due diligence well, you, here. you are. You're describing something that I don't know exists, and I'm no expert, so I can't prove a negative. But I don't know that what you're describing quite exists. And... It's a surmise. It's not. Well, let me ask you: Can you describe to me, in your own words, what is the alternative that you consider to the one you're recommending? What do you mean? Well, you said you said you evaluated other options. Okay. Now you said that the option I've just described doesn't exist. Okay. What is the option? I don't know that it exists. What is the option that you evaluated other than this? What was the road path not taken that your committee is is recommending that? I wouldn't say reject, but there's zillions of paths. Oh, okay, right. there. You're recommending this one, right? Yes. All right. Yes. But you looked at others. Yes. Can you describe in your own words what those others were? Yes. What were they? Oh, I thought I did already. I mean, Nick did a pretty good job. This, the power salute, power options, power options, the consortium of nonprofits. <clears throat> that sounds better to me, too. But, um, what's better? That sounds better to me, too. What does? The power options. That that's, sounds better. Select, select was chosen through a power option yeah. competitive is, procurement, right? So that's that is, the same. I'm repeating what I'm yeah. saying that Nick said that's the alternative that we evaluated. Yeah. I was aware of that, by the way, years ago. Yeah. And it, as I said, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. I suggest it's really good for towns that don't want to think about any of this. and just want to say, go, please go. That's so, that's power so options. But I think we are such a What was it that the power options option wasn't as good as as what you're seeing here? What's the defect well, or, the, I, or the relative well, weakness? This is where I, I don't want to, you know, I'm at a loss because Mr. Worland, who has spoken to you before, spoke at some length about details that he's seen that have missed, have been missed through other vendors who were, were not, you know, there are corners to be cut, is what he said. And he gave examples and I don't, I don't have them. So you're worried way. about whether they would actually deliver a quality product? As, as quality a product as we would want, yes. It doesn't, it, I, I didn't have, it doesn't have to be a sterling sterling, but Solar Design Associates, they know the field, they know what's good, they know what's better. They know what's what a town needs. So, so what? What I'm if this is helpful, I hope. What I'm hearing is that we're we're discussing a forty-five thousand dollars expenditure. So there's an upfront cost. That's the financial side in terms of how, what we're putting in. Is 30, that thirty-three actually? 
Well, but no, let's talk about the real contract is 45. The fact that part of it's a grant, that's great. But if you're going to look at the expenditure. That's, that, that's, that is a use it or lose it. That, that's all. I'm just trying to lay out a couple of parameters here. There's that. Mike, I think, has introduced the, the issue of whether there's risk in the, uh, in the process of hiring someone to develop a design that gets handed to a PPA. And that's a legitimate question. I don't know if there is or not, but it's a legitimate question. that I, I, don't, um, I don't even understand. Do you and have then, a clue about that, by I wouldn't, I have not looked for that kind of specific because I don't know how many comparable cases are where towns put out a design on the street for a power purchase agreement. So I don't know how many comparables. Will in, intu intuitively, I'd say when you hand something over as a turnkey operation, it would be, and this is like a PPA where it's turnkey, but it's turnkey controlled by the private enterprise that's doing things. I understand the argument not to, not to bring things into that from a risk standpoint. On the other hand, I think the argument you're making is, but the, the the agreement, you know, the terms of the agreement we would get from a financial return is going to be a lot different, except I don't know what a lot different actually means. No, none um, of us do, and that, that is the nature of competition, right? You don't know until you... But if that were the case, then I would probably say, but then the most simple, straightforward approach is the one that reduces the risk. If, you know, if you don't know what... If, when, when you don't know what to expect from the market, you go, I don't know, could go here, could go there. That's high risk. That doesn't build, that doesn't build strong justifications for actually investing in it because you're you're looking at a riskier return. So, no, so that would drive me towards to a low risk I have, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I didn't mean to say there's, there's well, we'll say it's, I'm not looking for the answers right now. I'm just trying to lay out the issue here is there's an expenditure by us. There's a projected mm -hmm. re financial return at the end of whatever it is we do, and I think what you've introduced is a set is a is a area that says, and then there's a risk factor. There's risks that we take on depending on which approach we take. If Penny Connor said that we come I'll come back come out with a better system going here, the question I think that needs to be answered is how are you defining better, and how are you quantifying better? And right now we're we're chasing our tail because none of us have those numbers, but. I think that's for me that would be the logical in light of this discussion here i think that's the logical next question to be answered do, do it again said better. the hmm? logical question would be if if penny thinks in I'm, I'm accepting that she would be the best person to speak on this if penny thinks that going down the path you're proposing here is going to get us to a better solution i'd like to know what better is because better is Right now, the, the, the liabilities or the factors are how much is it going to cost us, how much are we going to get as an economic return, and what risk profile we're accepting. So and, what and is how better? much work do we have to do on it? And and how, much, yeah, how much work do, do yeah. employees of the town or volunteers in the town have to do on That's it? That's right. Yeah. So, so you, you've brought that up, Mike. So in your years on the select board, are you seeing work that the town is doing on the existing solar Project? I see a lot of work the town is asked to do on projects that you guys bring forward, <clears throat> that, that you guys make proposals. And then the next thing is we need to hire somebody, we need to consult them, we need more time, we need this person in our meeting and all the rest of it. Right. And so. No, no, I don't. My no, wait, wait, wait. On the soul, on the soul. amount of time this, that can be. This is interesting, Mike. I do, I do want to know such details because I don't get that feedback. So I do want to know. So on the solar? Well, the solars are new. No, so I don't five or six years old. That's now. pretty new. I, I, I don't 
deny that, but I keep thinking there's something to what you're saying that there's that they're a burden. Right. The, the, well, everything is a burden, right? Anything that, that we own that we have to deal with that issues come up is a potential burden. Right? We can't just pretend like, oh, we've got a very small sample size of two systems over five years. And I, and I don't know, I mean, do we ever do anything with them? Maybe not. They're new. They're sitting there. They're not, we're not supposed to do anything. They're supposed to be passive. They're supposed to be just pumping electricity out into the system. That's what they're doing. That's why right? I'm... And so to me, I mean, we have a lot of initiatives. You guys have a lot of initiatives. You have a lot of things you're looking for from the town employees to do to, to support those initiatives. Some of it may be good, some of it may be unnecessary, whatever it is, we'll sort that out. But it seems to me where you have one of these initiatives that I think is important, that it's taken us nine years or 10 years just to get to this point. Um, and that if there, if for this particular thing, there is a turnkey option that will then free up uh, more time of volunteers and employees to focus on other projects, because I know you guys have a bunch of other stuff coming down the road, you're gonna be looking for people to do, where you do have one where it can be offloaded, it seems to me the more prudent approach is to offload it. That, that's just from a resource allocation standpoint, and I'm not doubting your expertise or questioning your judgment or all the rest of it, but in terms of the exercise of our judgment and overseeing the, the town staff, overseeing our limited resources, so, like, we I, can't, I, you know, where we have I, an I option. I gotta say, I gotta say. I'm sitting here and it's it's significant dollar benefit for solar. It's clean so far. I appreciate that someday something somewhere might be a burden. And I'm not dismissing that right, that's but, a possibility. Again, a lot of, that's some of those likely. Things went in with, with that's likely, minimal but, thought but, but when like, it came down like, the road. It's like, a good idea time. The math worked. We did it. We got the SRX. It was fine. And all I'm trying to say is when we do this. But, but I'm not hearing this. that from you, that, that, that of the benefit. I'm not hearing the benefit. I'm hearing no that there's a potential trend. Trend, trend, trend. Yeah, yeah. No one is questioning the benefit, right? Well, but I'm not hearing it at all. I'm Thank hearing, you for that. I'm Wonderful job. Congratulations again. I think we say it every time you guys come in. You You're going to say it on a personal You're basis. really appreciate it. You're wonderful. It's great. We appreciate the benefit. We appreciate the savings. All the work you do, the town owes yeah. you a great debt of gratitude. You've done a wonderful job. Yeah, but it's not personal. It is benefiting the town. No, I understand that. And nobody's doubting that. But here's the thing. The sole act would benefit the town too, right? I mean, we're not, the problem is we're not comparing one option where the town saves money and one option where the town doesn't save money. Right, we're, we're choosing between two options, both of which put more solar into the world, right? Which is part of the objective that, that we have, right? Just so a general matter, there's more solar in the world as a result. Both of them save money for and generate money for the town, right? Now, I'm not disagreeing with you that there might be some marginal difference in the sense that a, a solar design associates designed array might get us a better return over that period of time. So if the return over 20 years is, what did you say, 300,000 over 20 years, there's maybe, I'm agreeing, I'm accepting your recommendation, I'm not second guessing your expertise at all in that area that there's a benefit, but you haven't quantified. What I'm weighing that against is the upfront outlay of $45,000. And then what I see as the ongoing risk of the town taking responsibility for a piece of this project that does concern me. Right, I mean, it just, it, and we don't know if, if there's a, a design issue that arises on the existing arrays that hasn't arisen yet, terrific. Hopefully it, it never does. A lot of times when we talk about these risk factors, we're talking about things that may never happen. 
Yeah. But I just want to well, make that's, sure that's, we are not buying a liability. But that's what you're doing now. Because don't the, have the, to. the company that designed the solar systems that we have now is the one that we're talking no, about. No, I, I get it, but that's done. We can't go change that. I know, but you're making hypotheses that maybe they're going to design something. And forward. you're making hypotheses that the PPA providers are going to try to stick it to the town, going to do no, a lousy job. No. Yes, you are. You're saying no, the reason why we want to hire these guys because you're afraid us. the PPA company is going to do a lousy job. That's what you said. Not a lousy job. And so what I'm trying to quantify is the, the for the, and I think we should refer this to the 15, this is long enough, the, um, the quantify the upfront cost, the ongoing risk, whatever additional administrative volunteer slash time that goes into this pro process versus a select process. And that's what I'm trying to evaluate because it does seem like we have some conflicting. We can't, by the way, we don't know, am I right? We tried this with, Asking so like how much you know they don't tell you in advance. Am I right? Of what? How much they're going to charge us? How much the PPA is going to be? They yeah no they've presented proposals to the town. They've sent proposals. Right. I mean, if it get, if it got competitive, we wouldn't know where they would go with it. Yes. Well, yes, because under that option, we would be sidestepping doing our own competitive procurement and choosing to follow the one that our options did, which. They won. They won that procurement. So we're choosing a a winner of a different procurement process. Can I ask a question? So if Solar Design Associates designed something, we don't know if Select would have designed the exact same thing. Right. So we're spending forty five thousand dollars, not knowing that the existing one we have that doesn't cost anything would result in the exact same design. Do, do it again. That the existing. So. Select Design Associates is going to design us something for $45,000. We don't know if Select would have designed the exact same thing for no cost. Right. Everything I understand is that it wouldn't be the same. But I, I thought you said, could they? Yes, it could, but I don't think they would. That's everything that I've been told. So here's the way I'm looking at this. Um, we, we, we've tasked the Energy Committee to come up with a... a a suggestion to us. They brought us this suggestion. This is their best estimate of the way to go. We're really talking about a $15,000 expense here. We're, the, the whole contract is $45,000, but I think we all probably agree that we've got to spend the 18, looks like $18,000 for the construction period support and the system commissioning and utility closeout. We're, we're going to need to probably pay to have somebody overlook, even if we hire select to do it all. So we've, we're really looking at the $27,000 uh, uh, spec cost. We've got $12,000 grant money to do it. So that we're really only out of pocket 15,000 for the specs. We're being told by our committee that this is the best way to go. And, and the question is whether we want to reject that and go some other way. Um, it, it's too bad that Penny's not here. Uh, to, to talk to us about this. Um, if, if we can't go forward tonight, then I think the thing to do is to, is to have Penny come back in and explain why, why she and her committee and her, her working group recommend this as the way to go. I mean, we're arguing, we're spending a lot of time arguing about a $15,000 cost to the town. I think that, you know, Mike, if, if you, you talk well, about the town owning the liability for the, uh, uh, for the design, it's Solar Design Associates that, that owns the liability for the design. If there's a problem with the design, the town will look to them. Yeah, Pete, Pete I, I agree with your basic point. I, I don't know that it's only 15,000 because I think Mike brought up a risk issue, which is has merit, uh, but I, I do think that the, the issue is 
while we know categorically that Penny has said we'll have a better system, we don't know what that actually means in terms of, you know, better in what sense. I, would just, what I don't degree. know that I've heard her say that, so I wouldn't put those words in her mouth quite yet. That that was more, that's, early, that's, so even more, just... that's even more important for us to know. Yes. Um, so, so Ed, Fred, just yes. to make one point, maybe a, a bit in defense of the Energy Committee, there's, if this, as you go down this path, you're projecting that over X number of years, it's 300,000 in turn. And if we, and if we had the comparable number for select and over that same time period, the return was 160,000, we would suddenly be able to think about what's a $45,000 expenditure with that $140,000 difference over a certain period of time. And, and the reason I bring it up is, you don't have to defend it, the reason I bring it up is, so why is the Energy Committee here? Why are, what is it you're doing that we couldn't just do without even thinking about it, just, just turnkey, is because I think you are bringing a level of analysis and expertise that allows us to think in a more sophisticated way about, well, there's the cheapest way that's the, you know, no must, no fuss, and they'll just tell us what we get. And it's kind of like money from the sky where you know, I think that the energy committee is in a position to bring expertise to bear that says, yeah, if you don't know what you're doing, that's what you do. If you do know what you're doing, here's the things that you can do. But in order for us to be able to evaluate that, we need more information than I think what's been put on the table. Gus, I, I get it. And I think that's that you, you described a, a bit the approach that we've tried to be we've tried to take over the last couple of years. It is hard to find the apples and oranges and get them compared, mm -hmm. uh, but we did that. Uh, Nick did a great job of that a year ago, your spreadsheet. And I don't know if you want to present that or- No, because that was looking at different ownership models. That was looking at different um, experiences doing different kinds of PPAs, procurements. But, so I, I don't think that's- fair. That's so fair, but, but, we, but one of them was a PPA and that's the- that's the, there were three options and one of them was a straight PPA, right? And that was just based off of numbers from selects. Exactly, so. exactly. So that so, was the so middle. All we're saying right now is we don't, we don't understand. No, we do. About we have analysis. a clue. We have a clue. We just, no, we, no I, I, that's what I gave you. That's the, that's the rough savings that I suggested. It could be higher if you owned the system, but if you went with the PPA and it came out something like what we guessed a year ago, it would come to that, what did I say? Yeah, around $300,000 over 20 years. Yeah, yeah. So that's the low, that's the low end. So it's-, it's That's I, the low end if you just do straight PPA, no design, just go through. Presumably, yeah, presumably. We don't know that for sure, but that's the, that's the presumption we would take. You going out- So why would- sending us, sending us out back, back to committee, we'll come back with that answer. I think we- I don't think we had a straight conversation with that. I, I, go, I don't think we understood what we were saying on that one. You definitely not on the same page. Right, right. I, 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 so what do you want I, to do? I, like, I, I, I endorse Pete. No, I, I don't think we're in agreement that what we'd like is a more definitive explanation of why this is the right thing relative to doing what you've asked, Mike. Uh, that right now we don't actually have the quantified, we, we, we don't have a basis for comparatively evaluating those. What we have is some, I think, qualitative statements that are suggesting 
that the people on the committee think this is the better way to go. But I think what we're really saying here is we haven't heard exactly why they say that. And I'll just two points. One, to Pete's point, the contract does require solar design associates to maintain liability insurance to expect. And so- Is that a good thing? I, it's a good thing. So I, I would hope, I, I want to understand a little bit more how it would play out. But if there was some sort of a complaint, um, presumably we would have recourse to that um, insurance policy if it was a design problem. But I still want an answer to the identification question. I still want an answer to how, what the contract would look like with the PPA provider in the event of a problem with the array. And the question becomes, like anything else, is it a design defect? Is it a manufacturing defect? Is it a, you know, an act, or, or, or is it a, a, an act of God, right? Some act of nature beyond our control or something else that happened over time. So I, wa I wanna understand that. And then the, the more philosophical point is, we have lots of different things as a town we're looking to do. You guys as an energy committee have lots of different things you're, you're looking to do. All of um, those initiatives that people are trying to undertake take time and money. And so what we're kind of tasked with, I think, um, as a board of selectmen is to try to best allocate the time of our employees, the town's money, the within the parameters approved by town's town meeting, the time of our volunteers. And it strikes me that you know, there, are, there are things that municipalities, that towns want to do, that you want to do, that nobody out there other, other than the town is going to do, right? There's, there's not really a private fire service that we could hire. Right. If you want to have a fire department that does fire work, you got to hire firefighters and have a fire apparatus. There's things that you guys want to do that there may not be companies out there because they may not be economical. They're still good to do. There's still things you ought to do. Um, and so when we're allocating the money of the town, to me, it ought to go as much as possible towards those things that where we don't have an alternative, right? And, we don't, and so if, if your recommendation, I'll accept that the recommendation you're making is 100 cents on the dollar, 100 cents on the proverbial dollar of, of what we want, uh, but there's a little added cost, a little added time, and you can get you know 95 cents on the dollar for less time and less money, you kind of pick one of those options where you can get most of what you're looking for for less time and less money because the time and the money of town and I know you, you don't think it will take any time you don't think you think the money is worth it I'm just saying in allocating those things across all of the various priorities that we have where you have something like this where there is a market for it where it sounds like there's a robust market for it where there's a lot of private companies looking to do this sort of thing looking to build solar arrays on whether it's municipal or other land or buildings to do it. They are very hungry. It offloads responsibility from the town for getting most of the benefit we're looking for. And that's sort of the philosophical point that I'm making. Yeah. There are other things that your group wants to do. There's other things that we want to do where we could use this money where we don't have the PPA option, right? We don't have a PPA option for a fire department where they're only gonna we only have to pay them when there's a fire and they come in, right? That's an important municipal service, but it's one where there's not a competitive market for it. And, and, and we saw, you know, there's, so when we're allocating scarce resources, I think the focus has to be on, particularly on areas where the market isn't doing it, where private groups aren't doing it, where it's not otherwise happening. And this strikes me as an area where fortunately we can do what we want to do and get most of what we want with much less involvement from everybody. And then all of us have more time to work on anything else. That, that's the broader point. Here. And this, this is not to gainsay your recommendation at all. It's just to, in looking at it more broadly across all the stuff we're trying to do, 
is this the best use of this $45,000? Is this best use of the time that's gonna be involved? Is there a way to do this that gets us most of what we want, which let with less investment of time and money and risk? And so I think we can answer that on the 15th and put that off to the next meeting on the 15th and come to a final resolution. Mike, I wanna say uh, a couple of things to close if I may. Um, there happens to be a lot of competition out there and it's scary. It's, I don't, what scares me about, I think what we're talking about is that we're going to be, and maybe my committee, going to be tasked with, you figure out which of these proposals are better and which are worse. It's scary, the, the, the fierceness of the competition out there. They're knocking on our doors for our roofs. But that's, it sounds like the, the second the best is. option your committee thought was select, which you wouldn't be doing any of that. Is that right? Correct. So door number two here is not evaluating those proposals. Door number two here is select, it sounds like. You were suggesting go out to bid for our roof no, and then that, that was Look, that was an hour ago um, when it-, it been it, an hour? Whatever it was, when we were just talking about this in, in, in isolation, right? right? Now that, because you didn't come here and present select and this, you presented one. So yes. if, select, if you guys think select is second best, I'm perfectly fine with that. We do. Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with select. If you had come in here with select, I'd have already said yes to it. I didn't follow what you said. If you had come in here and recommended what you think is your runner-up, yes, which is select, yes, I would have said yes to it. All right. You say for its simplicity, yes, and the lack of burden on, on the town gets me everything I'm looking for in, in the concerns. So I don't want you to think that I'm proposing some particular alternative of my own. I think your second alternative that that you guys rank number two addresses my concerns completely. So there, there's not some third process that I have just invented in this discussion. I mean, I'm throwing out a hypothetical alternative. It sounds like you have um, not just a hypothetical alternative, you get a real alternative that seems to me that checks all those boxes. So I, I want to get, before I leave, just address the question of burden on the town. And I appreciate what you're saying that any $10,000 or $30,000 can be spent here or there. And if there's any possibility, I get all that, I get that. But I'm going to come back to a general comment that I made last time I was here, and I was making it to you in that case, which is that the energy. Like good cop, bad. Yeah, yeah. If he do that, I don't know. Yeah, no. We feel the point before the meeting. <laughs> which is that I want to remind you that it may seem to you that we have a huge laundry list, and and there is a lot to be done, but the energy committee has I don't think ever come to you ever come to you with requesting funds that didn't mean we were asking, we were going to get a lot, lot more in, re, in return. And here, if it's 30,000, and we're gonna get necessarily 300,000 as a result, that seems like a good use of money. I'm not unless asking for 30,000. Let's see if you get 300 without spending. I am, asking for, I am asking for us to get going already so that we get the 300,000 minimum. That's what. That's why I came here tonight. I'm going to also make sure you hear that we just got notified yesterday. I think one hundred seventy-nine thousand eight hundred eighty-four dollars. Our next green communities grant was approved. Wonderful! Congratulations. So I am allowed to notify you of that. I, I am notifying you of that, but I'm not. We are not. Nobody's allowed to publicize. 
You are all sworn to secret. Anyone still listening on the Zoom, you're sworn to secrecy so, all the time. I don't, somebody, I don't know how you say this without saying it. Someday so, you'll advise. Fred, just, I just want to let one point not yes. get lost. Yes. What Mike is saying here is you brought the 300000 up for this. But Mike is saying, yeah, but if you went select, if they're also going to get you 300000 his point is, if they're going to get you three hundred thousand, or if they're going to get you two hundred and eighty-five thousand, then that's an option that is more attractive. And more I, I may be more free market than anybody else in the room. It seems I'm saying let the let the market let the market compete for for our roof and and our PV, and I think we'd come up with a lot more. Can I prove that to you now or two weeks from now? No. I know I can't because we've gone around the circle a lot. It can't be proven, but that is what the competitive market does. It increases should be benefits for us. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, you know, the, and, and the analogy, if, the analogy if, I have, if, 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 I've, got, I've got solar panels on my roof. I took out a home equity line of credit to put them up to install it. And right. I get ESRAC credits and I get net metering and it's good. My neighbor, didn't put up any money, but this company said, hey, let us use your roof and we're gonna give you a discount on your electric rate. And they said, great. Now, they didn't put any money up. I put a fair amount of money up and I got a seven year return. You know, I, I, did, the, I did the calculations, it's seven year return. They got a return on day one. Now they're never gonna get as much as I'll ultimately get, but, they didn't have to do anything other than say, sure, go ahead and put it up. Let us know if you break anything. Um, <clears throat> so I, th I think this is a little bit of that same kind of thing, which is, well, if you can get it done without any expenditure and the thing that you get as a result is a relatively good benefit before you start taking on a more complex approach, we ought to know what the difference is. I'm not sure that it's more complex. I know it seems easier. I know I know they, they make it sound like just sign here. And, you know, I just don't know in the end, is it necessarily, I don't, I'm not, certainly not convinced. Really it's, it's, well, I know you're not. <laughs> yeah. My comments are going to help this conversation. Yeah. I think I think Fred just shared a very important issue with us. That's his opinion is that uh, if we go this route with uh, Solar Design Associates, that we're likely to make a lot more return. Significantly more. I, I don't want to presume a lot, but something more. Yes, definitely. But Pete, we don't know what that is exactly. You can't. How do you know? Well, you that? can't. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is that we're getting Fred's best guesstimate and Fred knows a lot about this stuff. So I think that's worth listening to. It's also faith in the markets that I thought maybe others share. Well, if, if there was such a market, you'd be able to give me a number. By the way, Mr. Worland probably <laughs> could give you a range of prices per KWH that are that are being bid now, uh, per KW, I should say. Um, I don't know if he ever showed up on the on the list here tonight. Well, this will be on the agenda for the 15th. One way, one way or the other one was all right. So we'll be on the time of question on the 15th. Thank you for coming in. And thank you for your presentation last night, by the way. I enjoyed it. We had a little bit of a, uh, I missed probably the, the end of it. After a while, we had a uh, little issue in the home. Um, 
you know, fire, our, our <laughs> oven caught fire. Um, oh my God, I was going to say the solar panels. <laughs> the middle, yeah, the solar panels caught, caught fire. Uh, yeah, the electric electronics in the, the oven. Whoa. So it was, yeah, nice visit. Excellent work by the Metro Fire Department. But it, it did cause me to miss the last part of the Tomcat presentation last night. So Hopefully we got I apologize, but it's a pretty good excuse. So everybody was fine. All was well. You have to call out for firemen. Oh yeah, no, they came. No, no, I mean, no, I mean the third party. Firing. Nope, nope. Our guys came. They were there very quickly and resolved resolve the issue. And well, so, yeah. But, so, Just yeah. looking at the participants, and I see that Susan McPhee is uh, actually at our meeting. I wonder if uh, we does anybody yeah, have she any has raised their hand, Pete. I assume during the last hour and fifteen minutes, if any of us wanted to speak, they would have. So let, let's move on to the next item here, which is our fiscal year 2023 uh, budget review. Christine, is this you? This is me. Okay. Yes. Uh, we have a very short uh, presentation just to give you uh, some outline uh, when we're talking about the fiscal year 23 department budget requests. Um, so you remember a couple of weeks ago, um, we gave you an overview of what we expected our expenditures uh, for our outlook, and we anticipate that we're going to have some increase in our fixed costs. What we're really waiting for on that is the final numbers to come on our health insurance, which we, I think, have been calling on a daily basis to see if we can get those. So we're anticipating by the end of this week or early next week, um, by the time we go to the Kenny on the 8th, we should have the final numbers on that, and then we can provide you with both the revenue and expenditure. Uh, full budget outlook. Um, tonight, I just wanted to point out some of the key drivers in the fiscal year 23 town department request that we turned over to you last week. And as I discussed then, uh, some of the goals in working with the department heads were the restoration of three positions. And those were not filled either due to the hiring freeze or layoffs we had in fiscal year 21 when we were trying to accommodate uh, our COVID budget. And those were two part-time positions. Uh, one was not filled due to a library retirement and we had a layoff in the accounting department. And then we also had a full-time position in DPW that was not filled when we had a retirement. Um, so this fiscal year 23 budget is looking for the restoration of those positions. Um, one of the other key drivers in this budget are the new positions that we are proposing. And we are proposing a full-time position in DPW. This is the position we talked about a few weeks ago um, that we have talked about repeatedly for the last five or six years, both with the Warren Committee, the Board of Selectmen, and the Personnel Board. Um, the town clerk, as an elected official, is proposing in her budget uh, a part-time position, and she's prepared to come have that conversation with you. We're also looking to put two part-time employees at the transfer station. And our plan in working with Mo on that is we're going to eliminate the police detail that we've had at the, at, uh, the transfer station. And I don't know if you've seen the uh, wooden, we, we don't like to call it the shack, but the shed um, greeting entrance. Uh, the welcome hut. The welcome hut. I love it. Oh, Our welcome hut. DPW has constructed that, and we are proposing to put that at the entrance of the transfer station and have that staffed so that we can provide an increase in customer service. Um, as well as assistance to people. And I think if we're allowed to uh, use our credit cards to buy things at bake sales, we should be able to get transfer station stickers at the transfer station. So mm -hmm. our long-term uh, goal is to increase what we can do at the transfer station uh, in terms of other things that we may be able to dispose of as well. And then to draw your attention to the public health nurse. 
In last year's budget, uh, the fiscal year 22 budget, we funded uh, the position at halftime 37 and a half, and we used our ARPA funding for the remainder of that balance. Uh, this year, you'll see in the fiscal year 23 budget, it's fully funded uh, through the tax levy. However, we will offset, the, offset that with any ARPA uh, for COVID costs. So we can only use that if the pandemic continues and uh, Ms. Healy continues to work on COVID and contact tracing, we would be able to do that for ARPA. So with the intention and the optimism that we're coming to an end on that, we have fully funded the health nurse within our budget. Do we track the COVID-19 COVID hours at a timesheet? She's keeping track of that, yeah. And, and I would say right now it's 100% of her time, um, both tracking contact tracing for town employees as well as residents. Um, and I believe the Board of Health voted tonight to continue the contact tracing where um, Desi has stopped contact tracing for the schools and some of the other towns have stopped contact tracing. Our mm -hmm. Board of Health would like to continue that to try and stop the spread. So then just to give you an, an overall summary, our uh, proposal for our budget request is an increase of just under 500,000 or 4.1% uh, budget increase. Um, and we've just given you the last five years to show what happened really uh, in the fiscal year 21 and 22 budget. The fiscal year 23 budget also assumes that we are including a 2% cost of living increase uh, and merit for all of our non-union employees. And I would caution you that we are still bargaining for police and fire and we have not included the amount of those contracts in here. And then um, ARPA funding, I explained this uh, rather quickly to you last week. So I wanted to uh, include this for you to review, but as I mentioned, we are, in a disagreement with the county as to how we can use our ARPA funding. Uh, there was a memo that came in very late tonight that you will see they're only uh, proposing to allow us uh, $261,000 of revenue replacement through our ARPA funding. So that's, a, that's still hooked to that $10 million. The 10 oh. million, yeah. So they're saying the county is, is limited to a 10 million revenue loss and they are going to divide up what each city and town could do based on population. So. They actually have a calculation in there. And Christine, the, the issue there is at the county's interpretation of the federal government's final rulings, or is it the Treasury Department? Is it the actual wording of the Treasury Department's final ruling being not useful? I think the county would tell you their interpretation of the final rule is that they are limited to a $10 million revenue. And is the congressional delegation confirmed that the they're working with us. They're still working. They're still working on it. Um, and obviously, once we receive that memo tonight, that's already been sent to them uh, for consideration. Um, so we're still working, uh, obviously, with the county and the delegation. Uh, and really, I think the, the fundamental issue is fairness in that we are being held to a different standard than other cities and towns in Massachusetts. And that's incredibly unfair to a small town like us. If that $10 million <clears throat> limit does apply to the county, that suggests to me that there's money in the, the amount that came to the county that wouldn't be attributed to this revenue loss. Where does it go? So they're saying that we can have all of our money minus, I think that's two or 3% that they're charging us for management of the funds. Yeah. Um, we are allowed to spend the remainder of our money, but we have to spell it on, spend it on the other eligible categories that are in that final rule. So we could spend it on, if COVID continued, we could hire five more public health nurses. We can spend it on water and sewer. We can spend it on different infrastructure projects, but the revenue replacement category is the most flexible for a town like us. 
Chris, can we spend it on the uh, uh, well treatment plant that we're doing that we're already committed to spending millions on? You're not allowed to spend yeah. it on any any on debt service since that project has already been uh, the debt has already been issued for it. Um, but future water and sewer projects would be eligible. Let me ask the question a different way. If we only got the 261,000 here, do we have enough other legitimate reasons that would qualify to completely absorb the amount of money that was targeted to Medfield? We're still doing that analysis. Still trying to figure it yeah. out. Because my real question because I, was, I, if we don't, where's that money going? Well, that's, okay. I, I hate to create projects just to be able yeah. to spend that money. Yeah, yeah, I think we yeah. need the flexibility to spend it the way we right. would like to spend it. Right. Um, and I know there are several other towns uh, who are within Norfolk County who feel that same way as well. So, and we'll expect you to carry forward that position when you are officially on the Norfolk right. County Advisory Board. Learning curve here. Yeah. <laughs> trying to figure out how to show up at the first meeting. Is it a nice guy or nasty guy? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we'll continue to work with them. And once we have that finalized, we'll be able to present you with our 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 spending plan. And I think we'll continue to do that analysis and move forward as if you know a plan A and a plan B. Okay. Um, and then just to provide you with our state aid update, the cherry sheets were released. Um, overall, our state aid increase to state aid increase to the town of Medfield was 1.18 percent. Um, our chapter 70 aid was 1.1.1.15 percent. So. Statewide, uh, most cities and towns received an 8.8% increase, and we're at So our unrestricted general government aid uh, did go up the 2.7% as predicted and uh, spelled out the governor at the MMA conference. And I knew you would not be pleased with so our next steps uh, in the budget process, we will finalize once we get our fixed cost members, we will finalize and give the full budget uh, both to the Board of Selectmen and the Warren Committee. Uh, we anticipate that later on in February uh, once we get those final costs in. Um, and obviously we'll prepare our, our brand capital, we'll have our final capital budget meeting um, and present that final budget to you as well. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we provided a summary uh, budget for you. So, if there are any questions uh, regarding specific line items or specific departments, we're more than happy to invite those department heads in to come talk to you, or we can uh, provide you an analysis of that as well. The one additional DPW person, this is essentially sort of the assistant director position, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. we're still working on the on the final language with Mo um, and where that position would be the most helpful to him. Yeah. I know that's been something we've been trying to do for a while. Um, so try to give Mo a little more time on some of these longer term. Mm -hmm. There are some big projects coming coming down the road. We really want to launch this sidewalk pavement uh, management. We have the 109 reconstruction. We've still been talking about North Street for years. Um, it's hard when you're doing the day-to-day -day operations to take the time off to do that long-term plan. Yeah, we're going to take advantage of well, while we have it. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to keep him. And does that discussion, does that also cover the update from you regarding the American Rescue Plan Act, federal funds, and discussion of Norfolk County determinations and eligible uses of the funds? Correct. I'm still very angry. Okay. <laughs> Status is still mad. I'm still mad. So, um, and then the next item is SEB housing's request for us to approve a five percent rental increase 
for current tenants and property-specific maximum rents for vacant units at Bedfield Meadows and Hillside Village. So I spoke to the Department of Housing and Community Development today, and they said the Board of Selectmen are within their right uh, to not agree to a rental increase at the property. This is just on the affordable units, yes. right? So it applies to just yeah, it applies to six units at Medfield Meadows and four units at I'm still a no on this for now. Um, at least for this year, given how everything is shaking out with respect to the folks in that unit, but I, I can be persuaded otherwise. But I, I don't see the need to approve this ride bill. It's been frozen for a few years, and as a general matter, don't think um, you know, don't think we ought to um, be over-regulating the rents, but it seems like it's, it's still not an opportune time for increase. I guess we'll do this one backwards. I, I I have a hard time drawing the line between having the authority to say no and finding the rationale for saying no. And in particular, with and I, I don't have any rental property, I don't own stuff. Uh, and certainly, we don't have like rent control agencies here in town that are, you know that kind of artificially distort markets. Um, the problem that I have is that there have been there have been freezes on this for a couple of years, and I'm I, I actually don't have a good basis to say when it would be time to do it or when it wouldn't be time to do it. Um, as I said, I think the pro the project itself, the developer has been a good developer. I'm, I guess for me, I find a hard. I find I, right now. I find the rationale. I find it hard to find the rationale to say no, other than we can. Uh, and given the freeze, I'm still probably predisposed to say yes. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, if we'd been trundling along every year with this kind of a thing. I, I'm a little disappointed that there wasn't just a little more editorial commentary from DHCD around G. You know, you have the authority to not do that, and ninety-five percent of other towns still feel like it's time to hold the the, the, the rents down. Um, clearly, anybody that's renting thinks it's certainly time to keep holding the rents down. Uh, anybody that's a developer thinks it's clearly time to open it back up. Uh, this is an increase that's within the parameters that DHCP allows, so we're not kind of you know going outside of the the normal uh, limits that the state agency that's charged with making sure that rents are affordable thinks is reasonable. Uh, so I, I struggle to say no uh, because of the tree. So I'm still a yes. Steve? So, so Chris, I'm, I'm sort of, uh, uh, I, I've got no great feelings about this one way or the other. And so I was wondering if you or Nick had a recommendation for the select board on this. I don't have an unofficial recommendation. Um, you know, I, I tried to probe DHCD for more information. You know, mm -hmm. what happens? Are there other towns that are saying no? Mm -hmm. They gave me a, a general, there's been a few towns, a few cities that have pushed back and said no, but 
they wouldn't give me any other additional information. Um, you know, I see both sides of it, but I, I the rents are going up in April um, when the new income limits come out in April. Mm -hmm. So there's also an opportunity at that time as well. Yeah. I mean, I would say, yes, to your point, I mean, my concern here is I mean, obviously um, the, the burdens of the economic troubles that were caused by the COVID-19 pandemic and various government responses to it were unevenly distributed, um, that people lower on the income scale did a lot worse um, than people higher up on the income scale. Um, various supports that have been offered um, for people at the lower end of the income scale have been withdrawn by other levels of government. Uh, I don't get any sense from either of these developers that they're uh, cutting it particularly close in the sense that um, their own economic fortunes are at great risk if they don't get an increase at this point. Um, and while I generally am a market-oriented person, I mean, there is no market that exists um, that is more distorted by government regulations, government subsidies, government fiscal and monetary policy than the real estate market. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I bristle a little bit, you know, at, at sort of selective, um, the selective invocation of the market there because the whole reason we are where we are is because of a variety of distortions of whatever the national market would be for buyers, sellers, and builders of property. And, and those distortions are not necessarily bad. I don't speak, say distortion as a necessarily a pejorative, but just the reality that there's great restrictions on supply, there's great fiscal support to certain kinds of borrowers, not others, mm -hmm. that certainly drive up prices. Um, and we've seen the market up going up really high. So my I, my view remains that that I don't see a pressing need to say yes at this point. It's not a matter of saying no just because we can, but it's mostly it's a modest help that we can offer to a relatively small number of people who are likely, you know, among the most disadvantaged people in our community who probably have challenges living here that we can't necessarily appreciate and would certainly appreciate kind of another year without a rental increase. I know I've definitely heard from people and I've spoken to people who live at the park and other places who've had a hard time with the rental increases that have happened there, even with the parameters that are provided uh, by DHCD and by those formulas. And so that, that's why I'm still a no. And I think we should say no to this at least for now and it can be revisited down the line uh, as needed. Uh, Christine, you said that in April, the income limits are changing, and so there's another chance to change it then? There's a chance at that point they could, uh, they could raise the rents based on the new increments. Then what I would suggest. Couldn't hear you guys, I'm sorry. I, I, I asked, Christine had mentioned that the new income oh, I, heard, I heard that, yeah. And then you so, said something. Uh, I, I think all I said was so there'd be a chance to adjust the the rent. Yeah. The rent. Okay. She said yes. Um, so I, I, I'm coming down on the side of the tenants, I guess, to say no to the increase. In, in light of, in light of, in the interest of getting to a decision, in light, I mean, I understand the argument Pete's, uh, Mike's making, and in light of the fact that April presents another time to revisit this, I'm willing to reverse and support the no. Be a motion or anything? Or just no I, I think just a, a motion. I'll go back and, and talk to David Cashman and explain our, our conversation and see if we can revisit it in April. Okay. So I move that we uh, reject the request for the rental increase uh, as requested by uh, Medfield Meadows developers. Mr. Peterson? Yes. 
Ruby, yes. Excuse, excuse me, I think there's a second property involved here. Uh, uh, village and Medfield Meadows both. Oh yeah, uh, Med Medfield Meadows and Hillside Village. Mr. Peterson. Murphy. Yes. Thank you. Uh, next request to vote to appoint is it Arroyo or Rujo? Uh, vote to appoint Officer Robert Arujo as a new police officer for the town of Medfield. He's a transfer. Right? He's a transfer coming from uh, MBTA Transit. Excellent. And he would basically be able to start. Yes. Immediately, essentially. Yes. Through the, yep. through the academies. We are, yep, all that's done. Uh, we're pending all of his physical and that information right now, but we should be ready to go. So this will bring us to full staff. staffing. Yeah, I move that we appoint Officer Robert Marujo as a new police officer for the town of Medfield. Mr. Peterson, Murphy, aye, and Marcucci, aye. Next, uh, a request to approve a contract with CAI Technologies for tax map maintenance services for calendar year 2021 data. This is an annual contract. Uh, you saw the first one last year mm -hmm. for maintenance of the assessor's GIS. Any questions, Peter Gus? I, I have uh, three observations, and Christina, you can just confirm those observations are not important. Uh, in the in the description of scope of services mm -hmm. under compilation item two, says CIA shall review all title conveyance fees, make any required changes. Mark not applicable. Is that because we do it through some other process or? I was there's three places where it says not applicable, and I was just curious why those particular it's their things... standard renewal that they provide to all communities, and we only use some of their services. So that's that's services. deliberate so on our part that we don't want them to do that. Yes, they that they did that for us. Okay. Okay, and they don't. We don't want any computer map index services. Correct. No, we don't use their map itself or a map index itself. So that's why we're not using their map. We don't need the map index because no, we, we have our own index. That, yeah. that was the issue. And then on uh, the next page, responsibility to the client, the client shall provide a copy of each deed. So I guess if we don't want them to do the deed stuff, then we don't have to provide them with a copy, which is why that's not clear. Okay, those are my only questions. All right, make a motion. Yep, I move that we, uh, whoops, we're not gonna get the right one. I, uh, Oh, no, I had one more. Page two. Oh. Page two. Sorry. Looking at the wrong thing. Uh, it's page, not page two. Page two of the contract. Give me a second. It has to do with the standard of care. Uh, where are we? Here we are. I think. No. Page two on the contract standard of care. It says that. The contractor will endeavor to exercise the standard of care. First question, Mark, I guess this is another question for you. First is, it uses the word will. Second one is, to meet the standard of care, it's basically, as I read it, just says that perhaps they'll have to try. They don't actually have to meet a standard of care. And I looked at the other, I looked at the other town contracts we had, and we don't, we say they shall meet the standard. So they won't just endeavor. 
Okay. Where are you guys? I'm, I'm it's on page two of the, con uh, of the town eight, contract. Number, oh, of the number, yeah, number eight, contract with standard of care. <coughs> Excuse me. Nobody expects people who aren't lawyers to go through these contracts like this. In providing service under this agreement, the contract contractor will endeavor to perform in a manner consistent with that degree of care. There's a Clint Eastwood movie where the Indian says something about this that's like this. It's kind of we will persevere. Yeah, it's like it, it should be shall lead that. Right? Just be shall perform. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't disagree with you in 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 that narrow scope, but the fact is is language and other provisions that make it very clear that they'll they'll do everything that they that's spelled out in the uh, scope of work and fairly <coughs> strict requirements. Or's remark is this is our town standard contract, and I don't actually normally go line by line on all this stuff. It happens to be standard of care is one thing I do look at. Um, this is not what we normally have in our standard contract, so that's a little scary if that crept in here. Seems like it should be the standard terms. We'll review that. We'll review. We'll make that change yeah. for this one, and then we'll take a look at uh, okay. some recent ones just to make sure we're all using this work on the same document. All right. I mean, Solar Design has it. Yeah. They're, they have the usual language there. That's the shall provide. You know, and that's so that's typically the. I don't know where the endeavor came from. So you're going to correct that? Yeah, we will. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm happy to approve it with the understanding that gets changed. Yeah. yeah. Ready for a motion? Yeah. Okay. Um, I move that we approve the contract with CAI Technologies for tax maintenance services for calendar year 2022, 20, 2021 data uh, with the provision that the contractor's standard of care con uh, paragraph be uh, amended to indicate that they shall perform uh, to the standard of care called out in that contract. All in favor, Mr. Peterson? Yes. Mr. Murphy? Yes. And Mr. Murphy. All right. Uh, next, consent agenda. Kristen Williams requests approval for the seventh annual Hunters Run 5K to be held on April 2nd. It's actually going to be April 3rd. April 3rd. Yes. I move that we approve the request for the seventh annual Hunters Run 5K to be held on April 3rd, 2022. All in favor, Mr. Peterson? Yes. Mr. Murphy? Yes. And Mr. Murphy. All right. We have none. Town administrator updates. Uh, just a reminder that uh, Scott McDermott, town moderator, is seeking members for the school building committee bylaw review committee. Uh, you can email him uh, through the town's website uh, if you are interested. Um, Mary Benaldi, town clerk, wanted me to remind everybody that nomination papers are due back on February 7th. Um, Next Tuesday, we are actually not meeting. So first Tuesday, we haven't met in a while, uh, but you are invited to uh, Rep Garlic's annual report to the community on Tuesday evening. And then just uh, thank you to the Medfield Energy Committee for the Tomcat presentation last night. Uh, we can expect their draft report in February uh, and then they'll open the comment period. And then on our, uh, the next meeting dates, as Christine notes, the 8th and then the 15th, uh, March 1st, and I spoke to 
uh, Jessica Riley about doing a workshop with the school committee on the new school building. And we look to schedule something after February vacation. So I don't know what you guys schedule is like the week of the 28th, which is the week after February vacation. Um, she didn't give me any particular dates. We're meeting on the first, um, but uh, that's the week after that. So I don't think you have to give me an answer now, but think about when So the only thing I want to put on the table is I am still pushing us to have a public hearing. We've now pushed it out two months. Uh, so my first, my first reaction was that we should target having a public hearing, assuming we do it on a date of one of our meetings that we should do it on March 1st. If we're gonna have that workshop with the school committee in the last week of April or February or something like that, then it probably not, it, it would be better probably to target the date for that meeting after that workshop. Um, primarily to figure out whether the school committee wants to join us in that public hearing or not. I think they should, but basically all of the feed, all the, the limited feedback I've gotten back from school committee so far is that it has not been something that they express strong interest in doing. I think it's a really important thing for us to do. Uh, it, as I said, it would be, I think, better for us to do it in joint effort with the school committee. But if that doesn't happen, I think it's still important for us to have that conversation with the public. So, okay. Well, I think that could be an item to discuss the workshop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Put okay. that on the agenda. So yep. that'll give us some time to frame up what the issues will be yep. to discuss at the workshop. And that can be one of them. So, um, I, we're, we're probably going to need our meeting on the first. Um, but if you could look at your calendars for those other dates and let Christine know when would work. And Christine, you can work with, I'll work with Jess with on Jess on coming up with the date that works um, mm -hmm. on that. Um, and then talking about the week of uh, February 28th for that. Yes, that's right. That's right. Okay. All right. Selectman reports, Pete. I actually ended up going to uh, a couple sessions of the uh, Mass Municipal Association's annual meeting, which uh, I wasn't going to attend when it was in person, but they changed it uh, about three weeks apparently before the in-person session to make it a virtual meeting. So I did go to the uh, annual meeting sessions that were, were on. It's always very instructive, I think, and, and uh, um, sort of inspiring actually too, to listen to the speakers. Uh, we get to hear very good speakers. Uh, we, we got to hear from uh, Governor Baker and Lieutenant Governor Polito. We heard from both Senator Warren and Senator Markey. Um, I also went to the um, uh, Mass Selectmen's Association annual meeting, which was the next day, Saturday, last Saturday. Um, and they they had a presentation on how to how to what's going to happen with virtual meetings. Um, I did I was at the Tomcat uh, meeting last night, and even though I'd seen the sausage getting made on that, I was very impressed with with the final product that the uh, people from the Energy Committee came up with for that presentation. Um, I'm hoping that that'll get put onto uh, uh, some sort of uh, YouTube or something, so that people can can uh, look at that. Uh, or maybe just click on a link on the town website or something of that sort to be able to see that. Um, very thoughtful uh, presentation. I was very impressed with the graphics, actually, the uh, the, the slides that people had. Um, the, I, I attended a very interesting uh, MCAT meeting, which is the Medfield Cares About Protection. It was actually run by three high school kids. 
clearly very talented high school kids uh, who talked about uh, the the prevention issues that they see uh, in town. Uh, just fascinating. Uh, uh, and then finally, uh, I went to a Medfield Foundation uh, meeting. We're working on doing an event uh, in May, and I was at that uh, just before this meeting. So that's it. Just uh, and my comment, I also, I guess we all three of us were on the uh, TomCap meeting uh, last night. Uh, I thought it was a good meeting. In particular, the one thing I walked away with is that I thought the six priorities that they had were a good set of priorities. Uh, and, uh, so I, what I've seen so far seemed uh, to be headed in a good direction. The questions that they wound up getting were kind of interesting for me because they were not, I think the original intent was to have people ask questions about the plan, uh, but in fact, they got an awful lot of questions from people about various environmental actions that they could be taking, which tells me that there's, uh, the, the energy committee's focus on education is probably well-placed, and, and I think there's some appetite for that. Uh, and then on the other uh, committee or subcommittee that I'm involved with is Community Choice Aggregation. We have not met, uh, but Bill Massaro, I just have to acknowledge, is keeping that entire subcommittee busy answering his questions. Uh, and so uh, thanks for the interest and in, uh, the, the, uh, the, the email traffic has been high <laughs> over the last week. Just trying to ensure that when they do the public outreach and yeah, education yeah. that the questions are answered and people understand yeah. what's... Absolutely. <laughs> So that's all I had. I was out of town for a good part of it. Absolutely. And I already mentioned our, the meeting of the town cap last night, for most of it anyway. Fire and And uh, well, if, if we are replacing the oven, we've got some advice on, on how to do that. So we'll take that into it. It was an electrical, it was an electrical fire, though. So it's about to see how well that goes. Uh, we'll see. We'll find out how much I'm going to owe if I have to get it. I didn't see ovens on there. As we never pinned him down when those new rates go into effect. Well, the first appointment I could get from one place was the end of March, so I don't know. Um, and then we are we have collective bargaining schedules uh, session scheduled um, on Friday with fire. Um, and we'll probably work another one scheduled because that, that continues apace. It's still my goal to get those done before I leave and do this on ordinary course and not have retro pay and have the contracts done in advance. We'll see what happens with that. Um, all right, I think that's all we have. Nothing informational. And I declare that we need to go into executive session for the purpose of discussing the purchase exchange lease for value of your property and uh, for the purpose of conducting strategy sessions in preparation for negotiation with non-union personnel. With the fire chief conducting I, both of these discussions in a public session would be detrimental to the negotiating position of the town. And I have some clarity. Thank you. Take care. I move that the Medfield Board of Selectmen go into executive session for the following purposes to consider the purchase exchange lease or value of real property if an open meeting may have a detrimental effect on the negotiating position of the public body and the chair so declares as he has, and to discuss strategy with respect to collective bargaining if an open meeting may have a detrimental effect on the bargaining position of public body and the chair so declares as he has. 
and that the open session will not reconvene at the conclusion of the executive session. Second. Second. Uh, Mr. Peterson. Yes. Me. Aye. Aye. Good night, everybody.